This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features that are waiting for you there. Again, that's freetalklive.com. You can actually create the content on the site as well. So uh, you see something online that you think is interesting, you can submit it as show prep. Maybe it is something that you find, uh, say, as a YouTube video, or perhaps it is uh, a blog post or a news item that you think is interesting. You just submitted a show prep. It appears on the upcoming stories page. That is where the initial votes are received that will you can vote up or down on the things you like or dislike. And the most liked are promoted to the front page of the website. So when you're using the site, you can interact with it in those two key ways. You can add new things to the site and you can vote on the the items that are already there. And if you want to uh, cast your vote, you can vote on the stuff on the front page. But it's the most important to, uh, to vote on what's on the upcoming stories page to see if you can uh, promote them to the front page with your vote. So once again, go to freetalklive.com, get interactive there. As usual, lots to uh, put on the table to discuss here this evening, and we are uh, grateful to have our special guest in the studio here this evening. Pete Ayer joins us. Good evening. Good good to be with you all, as always. Yeah, always good to have you here, Pete. Of course, you are one of the founders of copblock.org, and I imagine that uh, the last several days have been uh, a bit of a, a hustle for you. You've been on the road, uh, traveling all the way from North Carolina, and before that in Austin, been kind of going all over the place. Uh, you were speaking at the Peaceful Streets uh, conference in Austin, and that video, I believe, was posted to copblock.org. If not, certainly was at freekeen.com. And that went very well, from what I understand. We had you on the phone to talk about that. You went back to North Carolina, hung out with Clyde Voluntarius there, and did other things. And now you're back up for the trial, the imminent trial of uh, your partner, Adamo Freeman. That's right. Yeah, it's definitely. Uh, I wouldn't miss it. You know, he's he's done so much for uh, spreading the ideas of liberty, and he's making a very principled stand. And a lot of people are being exposed to the, this the ideas about jury nullification and self ownership and just the basic. Uh, idea that uh, public officials, ha- you know, you, sh- you have the right to record them and document their actions, especially when they're acting in the wrong. And, and uh, of course, and, you know, definitely when they act in the wrong. So this is uh, rightfully attracted a lot of attention. I appreciate your guys' help in getting the word out about it. You know, whatever I can do, I mean, obviously, uh, we love having a demo on the, the program here on Free Talk Live, and he's a personal uh, friend of mine. And of course, I've been, you know, a supporter of the stuff that you guys have been doing for long before Coplock, uh, back when it was just uh, Motorhome Diaries and, uh, and Liberty on Tour. And actually, you know, as an aside, uh, as I understand it, Liberty on Tour is kind of getting ready for, uh, for a bit of a comeback round uh, with uh, Derek J going to kick off the next round of Liberty on Tour. Yeah, it's exciting. I, I love to see that right now. The, before Derek stepped up for his exile tour, it was uh, we had some language on libertyontour.com that essentially said, hey, uh, check out all the content here. But for now, Adamo and myself are uh, focusing our attention on coplock.org. But if you have interest in doing your own project under this infrastructure, then let us know. And so I'm glad it, it worked out. Derek J is definitely a doer. Hey, you've hooked him up with an email address, the uh, Derek J exile tour is getting ready to kick off it hasn't actually technically started yet even though he's not in new hampshire right now 
Uh, he is kind of raising money. He's in a fundraising mode for the Exile Tour. He's approximately 50% of the way there, uh, and folks can go and support him through victimlesscrimespree.com. There is a link on the right-hand side of that page that will take you to his fundraising page so you can help Derek J. get to your town. He's going to be traveling all around the country and focusing on various different activisms, uh, activism efforts that are going on. But before he kicks it off, he's going to come back up here to attend uh, a demo's trial coming up on Monday, so that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm excited. I think we're going to have a packed courthouse on, on Monday. Yeah, it you looks know, like it's going to be that way. If the jury selection uh, yesterday was any, any indication of how popular the actual trial will be, I think you're right. It's certainly, uh, I was pleased to see what a, it was, seemed like at least a couple dozen people out at the jury selection. And, you know, that requires people to get up, at least for the folks in Keene, required them to get up at 6 in the morning uh, to head out at 6.30. And, that, you know, that's a pretty big deal, especially on a work day where a lot of people can't go simply because of pre-existing uh, activities. But I know that some folks are going to take the day off just so they can come to a Demos trial on Monday. Yeah, and uh, I spent the past uh, day and a half, a couple days in Manchester, and I was uh, not surprised that a lot of people were familiar with the situation thanks to the coverage it had been getting. So, And uh, one of the most often heard responses for people that weren't aware of it after they were informed about it was, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. And if you look at the uh, the Huffington Post, you look at the Union Leader, you look at some of the other places online, unless it's like a police website like Police One, uh, you look at these mainstream police sites. Mag. Police Mag. Uh, look at these mainstream sites, and the comments are you know ninety plus percent in favor of a demo and ninety plus percent in favor of press freedom and the ability to record these government bureaucrats when they're on the job. So you know if the comments are any indicator of the the temperature, uh, you know kind of a temperature check of the American people. People, then I would say that a demo has a good chance of succeeding. Of course, when you're in front of a jury and that jury is, you know, for whatever reason, juries tend to be more obedient, I think, than the average American. I don't know if that's because they're selected from a pool of people that has uh, registered to vote and or has a uh, driver's registration or something like that. But I I hope this is the first jury true jury nullification case we've had here in New Hampshire thus far because you guys did it once in Greenfield, Massachusetts. Uh, so hopefully uh, Adamo can do it again on Monday, or maybe he won't have to. Maybe the prosecutor will decide to drop the charges or somehow throw the case at the last moment, as we saw happen with Jason Talley a few months ago, where the prosecutor basically acted like he'd forgotten to file some sort of paperwork right when the like the jury had been chosen they were moving forward with the case and the the trial was about to start and the prosecutor said oh gosh darn it i forgot to file that critical piece of paper that i'm supposed to file i guess we just can't go forward with this case now shucks right and that was the end of that weird it was weird and it was very weird considering that you know he files this piece of paper in every single case that he goes through and had he just not said anything, yeah, had he not said anything about it, I don't think they would have held him responsible for it. I mean, these bureaucrats aren't held responsible for anything they do, so it was just an excuse to cancel the trial. And, and we know that the bureaucrats have a habit of trying to sweat people out till the last minute and then canceling it. So whatever happens on Monday, uh, we'll be there to report on it. Right on. Yeah, there'll be a lot of good coverage, I think. 
Excellent. Well, good to have you back here, and I know that you'll be able to add some uh, interesting input onto some of the issues that we've got to discuss here. There was something on Saturday night. We spent most of Saturday night's show talking about a demo situation and you know going over various different aspects of it. And uh, one of the things we that we touched on was the question of, well, how do you get accountability? I mean, through the system, it doesn't seem to be possible. People have tried these various different methods. I mean, it seems like copblock.org is the you know the only legitimate the only successful option to even come close to scratching the surface of accountability with these police officers uh you know you guys advocate accountability you don't hate cops that's right yeah we don't and i don't and uh you know some of the folks that do get involved out of the gates with cop lock they see the name or they may see some literature or hear about it and they may come to the site with that sort of mind frame but you know some of the sites you mentioned earlier that have posted about a demo situation, police mag, police one, things like that, even though they're heavily, uh, uh, and for the large part, uh, most of the a- active people on there are current Leos or retired Leos. Uh, I, I, I actively, I try to comment on those, and I've, I was happy to see, at least on the police mag one, uh, after I did, a lot of folks chimed in, and they and they really um, held to task the comments made by some of these other posters and just said, hey, nice. look, you, know, you, you expect people to respect you, and you make these sort of outlandish statements, and so just like you said, I, uh, the public sentiment, I mean, public for a, a, a lack of a better term, is, is definitely there. People do believe you have this right to hold uh, public officials accountable. But how do you get accountability? I think it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen through a passage of a bill or through the Clearly. elective of one person. But it's going to happen one mind at a time. And that's the what I what I try to do and what I think Coplock does well and y'all do well is just share ideas. And the more people that withdraw their consent from these uh, criminal organizations and their actions, then the, you know, and just view these, view the individual actors as the people responsible. Then that's you know how we get to where I would hope that we get to. Well, right. If this juror or these jurors that have been chosen for Demo's trial have the same ideas or similar ideas to us, like hey, these bureaucrats are on the public dole. They should be held accountable at all times. They should consider that anything they say or do is on the record. If people have that opinion. And they know about jury nullification. They know about their right to say not guilty based on their feeling about the law. So if they think the law is bad, they can vote not guilty. If they know these things, have the same ideas, then there's no way the prosecutor can be successful on Monday. 855-450-FREE. But you're right. It is about changing hearts and minds. More coming up. You can take control here. This is Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything you want. Toll-free number here, 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that we have for you, including archives. They go all the way back to late 2006. Just click and download whichever ones uh, you want. They're right there uh, at your fingertips. You don't have to jump through any hoops or pay any kind of fee. They're just there. You just enjoy as much as you'd like. Now, of course, if you want, you can support the show in various different ways. And one of those ways is by shopping with us at shop.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through shop.freetalklive.com, Free Talk Live gets a portion 
of the purchase price. And that's a pretty simple thing. It's the same Amazon you're used to. Same great service and the huge selection, great prices, all the customer reviews that you're used to. It's the same Amazon. In fact, we've got three different Amazons. We've got the one for the UK, the US, and Canada. So you go to shop.freetalklive.com and if you're international or wherever it is you live, you click into the right Amazon for you, get your shopping done, and Free Talk Live will get a portion of the purchase price. Once again, shop.freetalklive.com. You shopping there gets the stuff you want delivered to your door. You get a great price, and Free Talk Live gets a cut of the sale. So really, it's a great deal all around, and we very much appreciate it. By the way, Free Talk Live brought to you by the Free State Project, your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime. you got to get together with other people who have the same ideas. goes back to what we were talking about uh, in the last segment, is that you know as soon as people's hearts and minds are changed about the ideas of liberty, then we'll start to see the change on the outside. We'll start to see the society in which we live uh, be more liberty-friendly and more accountability-oriented. And uh, things will will change, but you've got to change yourself, and other people have to be willing to change around you. And people will be more willing to change if they see other people in that same mindset. If liberty becomes more popular, it will, by default, grow in a faster manner, simply because most people are their followers. Most people are going to go along with the crowd. And right now, people are doing what's comfortable. And they're always going to do, most people are going to do what's comfortable. There are only certain people who will ever be out on the leading edge of any sort of change. There's always that small percentage that has to be the, you know, the dedicated cadre of uh, initial thinkers and doers, uh, the idea people and the people that will execute those ideas and the people that will communicate those ideas. Those people have to be out on the forefront. And uh, folks like our friend Adamo, who's currently facing 21 years in prison for ridiculous wiretapping charges for recording government bureaucrats while on the job, these are the people that are on that leading edge. And it's, it can be a lonely, dangerous place to be, as many of us have found out. And as inevitably, it you know, it's... It's certainly not something that everybody can handle going to uh, jail for even a short period of time. Let yeah, alone. Apparently, um, in this country, it's not okay for journalists to record uh, public servants uh, working on the public time using te- public telephones. Uh, you know, without I don't know properly. I guess the you know specifically stating you are being recorded, even though you're saying it's on the record or whatever. And you know, at this point, they have no evidence. That he didn't say that. Their evidence is a video that he put online, edited and put online. It's true. So they don't know who recorded it. He certainly there, hasn't. I mean, there's that. zero, zero evidence here. And the fact that, you know, the fact that any prosecutor would take this case or any cop would arrest for this case, I mean, it just shows the endemic corruption in the system. Yeah, and if you listen to the videos themselves or the uh, comments made in the video that he put up, I mean, both from the uh, Manchester Police employee Hopkins and uh, Marielle McGovery, McGorry, uh, who over at uh, West High School. Uh, how unconcerned they were, and if they actually did, uh, you know, do what they claim to do, which is serve and protect, or educate and look out for the well-being of the students and things like that, they would say, when a demo questioned them, oh no, I, if the if the if the Manch PD officer Hopkins actually didn't know about it as he claimed, he would I would hope show some concern and and promise to dig into it and look sure. for more information, but instead he's like. Oh yeah, whatever. And he just got off the phone. And whereas Marilyn McGorry, who's again, she's a school uh, principal, right? Yeah, school principal over at West, and a former Hillsborough County assistant attorney. So this is the same. Uh, Adam was being tried in Hillsborough County Superior Court, tried by Hillsborough County attorney. This is the same outfit that the principal used to work for. Mm-hmm. So it's very incestuous. But uh, if she actually looked out and cared for the well-being of her students instead of knee-jerk reaction backing. Uh, 
unthinkingly the actions of of this uh, Darren Murphy, the uh, school Police liaison officer, officer, then you know that that would be great. But instead, you see what we get when there's no accountability, and you know, no, they have no fear of being fired. They they have no fear of losing customers because they claim. The, to provide, they claim a monopoly on providing this good or service to people who live in Manchester. And, you know, hopefully, I, I, a lot of people on the street that I've talked to in Manchester realize how heavy handed a lot of Manchester PD employees are and how much they get away with. And they definitely don't, uh, would not voluntarily choose to support them, I would say. And as that continues Absolutely. to happen, people will stop calling 911. People, you know, maybe some folks will stop funding them and they will just. Uh, oh, I hope so. I'm ready to stop. I, I hope <laughs> that we can sign some other people up for that. And I don't want to do it alone, but it may end up having to come to that. Uh, although I know that there are some other folks like uh, John Cannell at the Peaceful Assembly Church in Grafton who has not paid property tax in over two years uh, at this point. But as I found out recently from uh, from some folks living in another town who hadn't paid property tax for a short while, they actually had their water and sewer service shut off as a, a means of punishment. Wow. So uh, they actually ended up having to go back on and start paying taxes again if they wanted to be able to because they – you know if you're in a city – uh, you, you can't exactly put in a, a septic tank very easily, and digging a well could also get you thrown in a cage without uh, the city's permission. So, I mean, they've got a real lockdown on people, and it would really, it really does take numbers. It takes that concentration of people who are willing to stand up for what they believe in. So that's what we're trying to do with the Free State Project, is get those people together who actually care about freedom and are willing to do something. You can go to freestateproject.org. Over 1,000 people are already here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Over 12,000 now are signed up as part of the Free State Project. We still need to get to 20,000. But don't wait. If you are excited about the Free State Project, it's exciting to be here now. Don't wait till 20,000. I mean, if you have to, then you have to. But if you can get here sooner, please definitely do that because it does make a difference when you've got, you know, even if you are being aggressed against by these thugs, uh, it does make a difference to have those smiling faces in the back of the courtroom who you know are your friends and they care about you. That Having that is just so, you know, it's incalculable what the value of that is. And most people don't have that anywhere else. So go to freestateproject.org to learn more about it. But one of the things that we focused on on Saturday night was, well, what can be done besides the idea of people individually standing up uh, and you know asserting their rights and holding a video camera and recording uh, bad police or bad bureaucrat behavior? What can be done? Within the system, is it possible to change the system? Because we've seen court decisions come down. You've got the Glick decision that, you know, affirms pretty strongly that people have the right to record government bureaucrats when they're on duty. However, the government bureaucrats don't seem to care. I mean, right after the Glick decision, not too long after the Glick decision came down, Carlos Miller from Photography's Not a Crime was in town, and he was threatened with arrest for walking into the, uh, the county courthouse with a video camera. And had he stayed in the in that lobby, they would have put him under arrest. It doesn't matter. They don't care about what they Glick says. They threatened me with it, too. Right. They, they, so they don't care about Glick. And so, you know, court decisions don't really seem to matter, ultimately. If this jury on Monday decides that uh, this was a bad thing and they, you know, this, these charges are bad and they throw them out, that won't necessarily stop the government from bringing similar charges against someone else because there's no real punishment for the government. It just kind of stops that one process. That one uh, tentacle, if you will, of the, of the state will be stopped. But it doesn't stop it at the root. So some people have said that, well, the solution is to form a citizen's review board. And uh, as it turns out, Atlanta tried this. And I've been skeptical about it the whole time. And Pete, I imagine you might have heard a few things about these uh, being involved with copblock.org. So we'll tell you more about what happened or what is happening with the review board there in Atlanta and how well it's working out or not. 
The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free here, 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features that we have there for you. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. Pete Ayer. And Mark. That's right. Pete is here with us, courtesy of copblock.org. And, of course, if you've got a question for Pete, obviously you're welcome to call in here at 855-450-FREE, or you can bring up whatever might happen to be on your mind. So we've been kind of talking about police accountability here, and uh, one of the ways to uh, you know have that level of accountability is to have a video recording of what's happened. One of the places that you're likely to run into uh, you know, a police officer that may have a different story than what your story is um, is in your vehicle. So a great asset is freedomcam.net. Now, you know, sometimes you remember the things differently than as they happened, and then the videotape can remind you. Sometimes people tell lies, and then the videotape can let everybody know that somebody's telling a lie. And that's a real valuable asset. The freedom At freedomcam.net, the GPS black box dash cam gives audio, video at the front of the car and the back of the car. It gives GPS, direction, speed, driving route, everything you're going to need. It's the ultimate witness. If you're in some kind of accident, you want to have this. It's freedomcam.net. It's not cheap. No insurance is. This thing's great. You turn the key. I turn the key on in my car. It makes a little noise on its own, turns itself on, does the whole thing. I turn the key off. I do nothing differently than my normal driving routine with my Freedom Cam. It's freedomcam.net. Yeah, it's great. And uh, I just got mine back installed in uh, the Cop Block Peace Squad Cruiser, oh, uh, for lack of a better term. And it's fantastic. I love the uh, the Freedom Cam. So Peace is right. We actually have one in the car I'm driving right now. Clyde Voluntarius has Excellent. one in his, in his uh, car. We drove up from North Carolina and had a good peace of mind. Did he inform you you were being recorded? Um, yeah, I just assume. <laughs> I mean, he and I, the other day we counted, I think we had like two dozen uh, video recording devices between Between us. the two of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll take your calls about anything here. Let's go to the phones, to the fun, and we'll start things out with Chris in Michigan. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Pete, and Mark. Hey, Ian, uh, Mark, and Pete there. Hey, Chris. I got two quick things. I got one real quick thing since Pete's on the air. First off, Keith. Did you uh, have you heard about the Cato Institute trying to do their own uh, cop block version thing? Oh yeah, actually uh, we have a uh, post up on cop block we put up maybe a month ago. I wrote about it's actually an old site called Injustice Everywhere. A guy named David Pacman had started uh, actually a year before cop block got founded, and he put a lot of time into that. He just didn't have enough time to keep it up, so he essentially said, "Hey, put your name on the hat. Who 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 like organization or group of people." wants to take over this site, and Cato was one of the uh, six or eight folks who stepped up, and I'm glad to say Tim Lynch over there at Cato, a person that I worked under when I was an intern there back in 05, is uh, spearheading that project, and I have full confidence in him, and I'm glad that they're going to help bring more people into the fold, the uh, police accountability and uh, 
you know, my encouragement to to, to uh, Tim Lynch on that post that I wrote was, uh, you know, I hope Cato includes as part of their alternatives, um, you know, not uh, allowing for competition in this in this vital good or service. You know, I hope they make that pitch. But uh, this, thus far, I'm really glad to see what they've done with it. Very cool, very cool. I'm, uh, I'll pop over to the site and share out the link. It's awesome. Uh, but what I really wanted to call about, Mark, uh, you about three weeks ago, I think you were in Stephanie on the Sunday show. You guys talked about the Holland, Michigan uh, hot dog stand. Yeah, the kid that uh, tried to set up a hot dog stand, uh, his parents believed that they had all of the inver- all the little government pieces of paper that one was going to need uh, to get a hot ta- dog stand going. And, uh, you know, they paid their fees and bought the hot dog cart and all these kind of things. And then on the first day, some government bureaucrats said, oh, no, this isn't going to work. Sorry, you're shut down. And it shut them down and they had to sell the, tr- the, the truck. Go ahead. I'll teach them a lesson about what, how to do business in America. Yeah. Well, I want to give you a quick update to that and at the same time testify to the power of the show prep. So the article originally was published over at MLive.com, which is the local uh, 5 o'clock news station website here in Michigan. covers all local counties. Um, I was one that submitted the show prep over at freetalklive.com. Mm-hmm. And that link I posted once you guys did the show over in the comments of the original news article. And that the cart was actually purchased by a local vendor there in Holland, Michigan. And he gave uh, you know, unofficial exclusive rights to the 13-year-old kid to use them whenever the cart whenever he wanted under their vending license. Mm. So that was very cool that the national recognition that Free Talk Live provided was able to at least in some huh. degree help out the kid do that. That's great. Really? Now, how, wait, how, I'm confused. How did you posted the link to the Free Talk Live show prep on MLive.com? And the, is that Actually, I did the show I, I, I attempted the show prep via Facebook and a couple other social media sites after I posted it. And then Mark and Stephanie did the actual show mm-hmm. and mentioned it towards the end of the show. And I went ahead and uh, linked to the show and told the time at what time you guys talked about the segment um, in the comments on MLive.com. And about a week later, not even really, I found out that the kid was able to sell his hot dog stand, which he paid half for, if it was either 1200 or 1300 that he paid for. But he sold it for twenty five hundred dollars for exclusive rights to be able to use it whenever he wanted under their vending license. So and so, and you believe that had something to do with Free Talk Live's uh, show? Yeah, definitely, because it didn't happen until after the comment happened and the discussion about the gentleman who purchased it, who was commenting on the MLive.com comments of the news article, was responding to the show. So I don't know huh. if it was directly. But it definitely put a bug in his ear, at least it was. Some, I see what you're degree. saying. So he saw that, hey, this got some press attention and uh, figured that maybe he could get a little bit of uh, you know, positive press perhaps for himself out of uh, of doing this. Or maybe he just did it because he felt it was the right thing to do, whatever the reasons. Uh, it's it's yeah, a workaround. Exactly. Obviously, it's still people working within the system to uh, to allow this. What was he, 13 or something like that, 12? Yeah, 13 years old. Thir- that was a real shame. 13-year-old to, uh, to go out and, and finally sell his hot dogs legally. Um, you know, so I still don't like seeing people jump through uh, through government hoops, but at least you know, at least it ended a, in a positive way for him. Yeah, definitely, and that's what I was kind of hoping for. My fiance and actually tried uh, a couple years ago starting a catering business here in Michigan, and we're looking at nearly five grand just in 
state-mandated inspections and licensing fees. It's a home-based catering business before we even start one. No so wonder there are people leaving that. that place in droves. I mean, Michigan is having well, a tough time. And this goes to show just how uh, this licensing just keeps poor people down. I mean, if it takes $5,000 to get into business, you're just going to go work for somebody else. It doesn't cost any money to go get a job. It costs $5,000 to get into a catering business, run out of your house. It's ridiculous. Exactly. It's ridiculous. I remember the first time I went to Michigan, man. I was I was just blown away by every, everyone I met that was my age or around my age was uh, expressed their intention to move out of the area. <laughs> it, it, it was uh, definitely farther gone than a lot of places in terms of uh, regulatory nanny statism and uh, it's actually one of the more uh, common places to find free talk live and i don't mm-hmm. know if that's like kind of a natural outgrowth of all the oppression that they're facing <laughs> probably is that the radio stations are more likely to take our show uh as a result of that but uh, yeah it, actually we're on in holland which is where that uh, particular story happened but on saturdays right but on saturdays so they wouldn't have heard us discussing that unfortunately in that particular yeah maybe instance. they recognized the show name when it was on the comments maybe so yeah. it on saturdays Tell you what, um, if, also, if you can get that uh, business owner uh, business owner's name to me and some kind of contact information at marketfreetalklive.com, I'll do a follow-up interview with him. Yeah, I'll definitely. Uh, I'll track it down. I'll go ahead and hop over to the comments and look it up again. Great idea. Um, and real quick, yes, I don't know if it's off air if you guys want to handle it, but I'm also looking for whoever the program director email address is over there because I'm working at the local college station to try to get an interview to you guys. Uh, you're looking for the program directors where? In Holland? No, 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 no. For free talk live, just uh, email address. I looked all over the well, website. I can't find it anywhere on the website. I'm, I'm, there's no it's so cute. You think that this is a real radio program and stuff. I mean, we, <laughs> you well, hear you hear the sales director, <laughs> the program director, the production director, <laughs> the guys who empty the garbage cans. You hear them right now. <laughs> this, this to me just speaks volumes about the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial nature that y'all have done man yep. you guys have put in a lot of time and uh, a lot of hard effort and it's making an impact so i'm behind man i've got all kinds of directorial things to do here the garbage can is overflowing too but yeah, not <laughs> enough time to do it hey uh so yeah if you need to get in touch you're talking to us so you can find us on the website uh, email addresses are pretty simple marketfreetalklive.com ian at freetalklive.com and thanks oh, for the call tonight easy. appreciate hearing from you chris thanks, 855-450-FREE. Now, if you're looking for a real program director, you can just contact your local talk radio station and ask who the program director is. It's that simple. And then talk to them real nicely about having some free talk live on the air. If you already have some, you can take some more. If you don't have any yet, ask them for some. More coming up, free talk live. You can listen to free talk live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in, toll-free, bring up anything you want. 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features that we have there for you. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of the program. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. You can see that there. And we're going to go right back into you and your phone calls. Taryn is listening in Savannah on the FM dial. Taryn, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? 
I wanted to know if anyone has ever tried to use a double standard on the police and had success with it. What I mean by that is, um, you know, there's a lot of states where you guys get in trouble if you audio record them, but you're allowed to video record them or vice versa. And what I noticed, um, one time I was recording the police and I got questioned and pulled aside, and I noticed the cop had uh, something on his belt that was recording me. It was like a little audio device. Mm-hmm. I was like, what, what is that? <laughs> you know, I pointed it at, and he's like, oh, that's my audio. So, you know, it's my backup. And so I'm thinking to myself, well, how come these rules don't apply to you guys? That, you know, every time you pull me over, I know that camera has audio, and I know it has video. How many, how many times are you breaking the law? You didn't get my consent to record me when you pull me over. Oh, well, trust me, they've, they've written the laws in a way that the police are exempt. So usually a lot of these, uh, like if you actually look at wiretapping statutes, they will actually have an exemption for law enforcement officers. They, they actually have an exemption in murder statutes. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they, they call uh, murder is unlawful killing. Uh, so, I mean, you know, it's... Uh, well, any, it's lawful when the cops do it. That's you know. right. That's, yeah. the, that's the, the statement. So, I mean, basically, you know, you're, yeah, they, they, they get all kinds of exemptions. It's a good, yeah, it's a good point, though, Taryn. It's something to maybe point out to folks uh, when they're thinking about these issues just to, to re- clearly demonstrate the uh, double standards and... and uh, Two classes of men. Yeah, it, it might be worth it just even though, you know, it's, it's pointless, but to, to call up the evidence in, in the case and be like, well, let me see your video that you pulled me over. It's, well, it's, how come you can record yeah, me? It's, and it's, then it's, it's, I'll yell at you and say it's unmissable, but it's good to stick it out there. Yes, and it's you very know. curious, too, how often that uh, audio or video that is collected by those means by the uh, folks who claim to work for us goes missing or is uh, has a defect when, uh, it's ne- when it's needed, when it's your word against theirs. Mm-hmm. I think... I think it's worth a try. I mean, it's it's worth pointing out the hypocrisy. Oh, I agree. It, absolutely. It'll certainly be something fun to point out. And if you're recording at the same time, kind of be a, a fun little point for whatever video you're making. For sure. Yeah, that's all. I was just wondering if, if since you had Pete on there, if he's ever heard of someone trying that. And- yeah, I hadn't. But uh, I guess, uh, like Ian uh, mentioned before about uh, some of the activities that go on, do they really strike the root? And I would say this could be used as a way to strike the root. I would not use it myself as an end all to say, hey, like if we need to make this uh, equal on this level, I would say, hey, your device, your technology, your salary is paid for by stolen money and you claim to provide these services. I've never contracted with you to provide these services. And right now you're threatening, you would use force against me or somebody I did contract with to provide these services. So it, it uh, that is the end goal for me is, is to... Uh, to delegitimize the idea that uh, certain folks have a legitimate right to use force. I have to say, I have been on the phone with the police before, and I know that typically police departments record all incoming calls, and I have asked them to verify that. I have asked them, you know, are you recording this call, or do you record all calls? And they'll always, almost always say yes, and so in that case, I feel like I'm not obligated to tell them that I'm recording the call, because... I already know the calls being recorded. They're the ones that are recording it. So there's not right. anything wrong I mean, with it. It's silly you have to play that whole game, but it's still I think sometimes worth it just to cause problems to, you know, point out the hypocrisy and I wish I had time to do that. <laughs> just to, you know, file this stuff. Well, you're busy, man. You've got your activism that you're doing. You're writing uh, books that have uh, liberty-oriented themes yeah. in them, and, and they're very good. And where can p- folks go and get their hands on Pirates of Savannah? Thanks for the plug. Um, any major we'll plug uh, anytime, book, buddy. you know, as far as Amazon, you can actually use your Free Talk Live link, and awesome. you can, we can both get a piece. You know, free like I say, the guys or, uh, in jail liked it. 
Well, I've got a new one coming out in October about a. It's, it's very 1984. I hope people will like it. It's a, it's a shifting of gears. Fantastic. So I'll let you know. Yeah, I'd let, definitely uh, give us a clue when that happens. And uh, Taryn, thanks for the call tonight. That's Taryn Lupo, uh, Liberty author. Eight five five four fifty free. Books are. Uh, I've I've read uh, Pirates of Savannah. I read it when I was in jail. Uh, he was kind enough to send it to me in there, and it was a real page turner. Like I kept. I kept going through. It. I just burned right through that thing. Uh, like literally within. It's a humongous book. It's like a 500-page monster book, but it really kept my attention. And you know, I like books like that. Things go boom. Uh, people get shot. <laughs> you know, it's fun. Makes it interesting. Yeah. yeah. And when you're sitting in a cage, you definitely have a lot of time to read. And and uh, and fiction, especially, is a good way mm-hmm. to uh, fast reads to share ideas. And Larkin Rose, uh, more than others, uh, in my mind, has been a great. Uh, facilit- using this medium very effectively, and uh, recently Adamo uh, requested a couple of his uh, his books for one for himself and one for uh, someone he's met there in the Manchester's Valley Street Jail and the Lark- greatest superstition. That's right. Mm-hmm. And Larkin was kind enough to send one on on the house and one uh, some of the donations that came in for Damo went to cover. So. Uh, much love for that. And also uh, Mark Tellos, uh, who who made a, a fiction book called Bright Light, he also sent uh, a demo copy. He was at Porkfest this past year cool. and talked about it. So uh, it's cool to see all these you know supportive folks like we talk about reaching out and helping each other. Yep, and I was happy to see uh, Larkin Rose's books that were sent to me when I was in jail end up on the book cart. Uh, as it was coming through, like a, a couple weeks later, uh, the you know the, the, the uh, his books are just really well written. They're easy to understand, and they're very uh, you know striking at the root, getting to the real core ideas of liberty in a way that's that's easy for the average person to understand. So the da- the most dangerous superstition is a great book. I mean, Taryn's book is is super as far as fiction is concerned, but uh, it's so big it may end up being in a prisoner's bag that they use for weights. Whereas uh, Larkin's <laughs> book is pretty thin so odds are good that one's not going to end up in a weight bag and technically that's not legal what they do with the the books in there but they do it anyway because sure. you're, you're in county jail they don't Anything have to lift weights they don't have the weights that sometimes you know i guess you get more in prison maybe it's less common in, the prison. in county jail um and so they kind of try to do makeshift weights 855-453-free that's the SACL cai toll free line wallace is in vermont you're on free talk live wallace hi ian company uh hey. I love the message on Ian's voicemail. Uh, I had been chatting with a couple of attorneys and a good friend of mine down in Virginia uh, who basically is uh, like a lobbyist for the news media industry, if you will. I don't want to put her name out on uh, the air and uh, her affiliation, but uh, I sent both you guys uh, a copy of the email that she sent to me. I got two suggestions. I know... A demo wants to be pro se, representing himself, but they have what they call standby counsel. Mm-hmm. Uh, this woman is a, is a, an attorney, and uh, that's all she does is advise news media from open records law, free information law, to these kinds of criminal things. She has said to me that if a demo or somebody acting in behalf contacted her, she could put him in touch with an attorney that in all probability, because of the impact on the news media of this whole thing, which everybody knows the impact, that chances are uh, a law firm such as the the one that I emailed to you guys that she had suggested might be able to represent him for free. 
Yeah, you're talking about the Reporters Committee for Freedom of the Press, and I think Pete uh, and I both actually talked to them today. At least she rec- she suggested that she had talked to you, Pete. Yep. Um, and, because of Wallace's email. Right, right? because of, thanks for that, uh, Wallace. Appreciate the, uh, the heads up. And basically what I told her was I think Ademo's kind of had some negative experiences with uh, with attorneys. I don't think he's going to be wanting to have uh, representation, but the idea of standby counsel isn't a bad one. So I had suggested that if she has somebody in the area that is interested in this, like, you know, an attorney that's really keen on the ideas of, you know, press freedom, to have that attorney reach out to Ademo. Because uh, if you're an attorney, you, you've got the magic power, so you can call up a jail, usually, or visit a jail, and you can get them to show you that prisoner at any time. You don't have to... Yep, like, true. Ademo, if one of us were to go down there to try to see him, we would be told, yep, sorry, you can only come here Saturday night from 7 to 8 o'clock, and you have to be here at 6.30, and only two people will be allowed to see him per week. They have crazy restrictions on when you can go and see him. But if you're an attorney or if you're a priest... You can go and see folks any old time. So she did say she would uh, talk to uh, her counsel about that, and you know maybe they will go down there and, and perhaps talk to him and or call him uh, this week about that. You know it couldn't hurt to have a standby counsel that's willing to go and do it for free. But I know that I wouldn't want to do it as far as the state standby counsel because then you have to give them like a financial affidavit and you have to turn over your bank information and how much money you earn and all this just to get the one from the state. Uh, but you know if somebody comes along who's like really good on the ideas of uh, reporters and press freedom, then I don't see how that would hurt. And, and these, it's, these guys are good. Yeah. Uh, if you check your email, uh, she sent me the name, and uh, these guys have represented the, I'll call it home and world news media, uh, where they can't afford attorneys for free. It's good to know. It was and, a good connection. I'm glad that you helped me make it, uh, Wallace. I know you said you had a second point, so you're welcome to hang on. We can bring it back here in hour number two. 855-450-FREE. And I also told the lady uh, with this reporters organization about some of the other things that were happening. Like, you know, you, you and I, Pete, were banned from the courthouse here. Uh, 855-453, along with a handful of other people who are also independent journalists. Hour two's next. Hi, I'm Roger Schlesinger, the Mortgage Minute Guy. I'm mortgage lender throughout all 50 states in this great country of ours. The majority of people in the United States love the 30-year fix. And we're the only country that actually has a 30-year fix. And you pay a very big price to get a low monthly payment. If you were to refinance into a $350,000 30-year fixed in the low threes, it would take you seven years to pay it down from $350,000 to $300,000. If instead you refinance into a 15-year fixed in the high twos, it would only take you two and a half years to pay it down. And in seven years, you would pay all the way down from $350,000 to $200,000. You can't afford this kind of treatment. You must get into a better loan, and we'll show you how. Call us at 866-288-0088, 866-288-0088, or go to MortgageMinuteGuy.com. Until next time, I'm Roger Schlesinger, the Mortgage Minute Guy. Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 855-453. The SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch here into the second hour of the program. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have there for you. Create the content on the site. Vote on what is there. 
and you can uh, help push different news items or YouTube videos or blog posts up to the top and the front page of the website, meaning more people see it and talk about it and share it, and we're more likely to see it and talk about it on the air. Go to freetalklive.com, get interactive as we go right back into your phone calls. Coming up, we'll talk about the failure of police, one particular Citizen Review Board for the Police Department, this one in Atlanta. Well, yeah, we kind of touched on it briefly on Saturday night, but there's uh, some detail that we didn't really get to at all. And I think it might be uh, interesting or uh, you know, enlightening to, to learn more about that. But first, we go to Wallace, listening in Vermont. And Wallace, we've been talking about our friend Adamo Freeman, who is currently uh, facing 21 years in prison and for so-called wiretapping, where he was recording government bureaucrats while they were on the job. Uh, without their uh, knowledge, apparently, even though, apparent, according to a demo, they did know that they were on the record. So this is yet to be uh, hashed out in court. It will be on Monday. You had a second suggestion beyond getting in touch with the folks over at the uh, Reporters Committee for Press Freedom, or rather for the Freedom of the Press. Go ahead with that second point. Uh, before I forget, the law firm that I emailed you guys uh, for a response to me, uh, both you guys, I, I said, uh, that law firm is very well-known. They've represented lots and lots of uh, media, as I said. The, the thing is that this woman told me that because of the criminal nature of this thing, that the industry doesn't want this thing to, you know, go wrong. So she said if, if this law firm that you guys now have uh, the information, the contact information, doesn't take it, to call her back... And they have what they call, it's a principle called Pohawk Beachy, meaning an attorney from, say, Hawaii can basically come and uh, be standby counsel. Again, they don't proceed to pro se like he would, but as soon as he's got a legal question, he turns to the attorney and basically represents. Right. ProHoc Vish allows uh, anybody, an attorney that's licensed in another state to come into a state in which they are not licensed, as I understand it, and uh, and practice so-called law at that point. So this this particular committee has said that if that law firm doesn't represent a demo, then call her back and she'll find somebody. That's good to know. It was nice to talk to somebody who actually seemed to care because it's, <laughs> right, cause it's it, a real shortage of that around it, here. Yeah, it seems like attorneys are just you know in it for the money for the most part. And uh, look, I get it. That law school degree was really expensive, and you got we make all got to pay the bills, right? I get it. But uh, you know, activists by nature don't necessarily have a whole lot of money uh, with which to go and, and hire an attorney. And also, the other thing that I you know, when I when I ever whenever I hear attorneys basically blow off cases like this that are clear free speech free press violations i always think to myself really this attorney doesn't think that they could win this case that they could make some money on the back end like you know on a contingency basis because if attorney's not willing to pick up an obvious violation of press freedom like this on a contingency basis that tells me this is the wrong attorney that this attorney doesn't you know doesn't have a real belief in uh, in the the idea of freedom of the press or doesn't think that it's you know it's a good case and I, if the attorney doesn't think it's a good case why the hell would i want to pay him up front it's a good question so uh, wallace any other thoughts Yes, the, the, thing is, the other thing is she indicated that their committee uh, policy is that because it's a criminal thing, guaranteed counsel. On the other hand, there is a way so somebody doesn't have to be the sacrificial lamb, if you want to call it. It's called declaratory relief. You turn around and you say, I want to do something, and uh, the statute or the, the 
implications or the, the application of the statute, uh, I fear that I'm going to be arrested or something gross is going to happen to me. The committee says that they have attorneys that might. The other way is 99 and 44% like the Ivory commercial, guaranteed representation, pro bono. The declaratory relief is questionable. And uh, the thing is that it would have to be up to an individual attorney to say, gee, I really want to make a name for myself. Right. I want to stop this thing. That would be where you would become the plaintiff in a case uh, attempting to change the rules of the the system. And thanks, Wallace, for the call tonight. Always appreciate it. 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll-free line. So we'll uh, we'll continue to let you know what whatever – if there is some sort of legal involvement at some point, the in maze and the warren of legal stuff, isn't it? It's just it's crazy. so confusing. Let's continue, though. Chris is also on the line here, listening in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Chris. Hey, Ian, Mark, and Pete. How are you guys doing? Oh, good. Doing well, thanks, man. It's on your mind. It's uh, it's 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 Chris Cantwell, actually. Oh, hey. I, uh, as you guys are aware, I uh, I just I just started moving back to New York from New Hampshire, and I, I came down here Sunday night. It's now Tuesday evening, and I've already been re- reminded of why I left New York. Oh, really? <laughs> what happened? Yeah, I went. Uh, I had to go into Manhattan this evening, and uh, what? The, ever since nine eleven, they've been stopping trucks and 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 searching them for for bombs or whatever at the mm-hmm. Midtown Tunnel, Frog's Neck Bridge, basically wherever there's a toll booth on its way into the city. And um, mine is not a commercial vehicle. I don't have to go through the truck lane. But as you guys are aware of, I drive a van that, to the police's credit, looks like the shadiest thing that ever hit the road. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, it does. So I'm, I'm, I'm driving now. The thing is, though, that I, I don't have the easy pass. i got to go through the cash lane. And they pull regular vehicles out of the cash lane to search them. Hmm. And, I got, and I got picked off at the, uh, at the Midtown Tunnel today. Damn. And that was... A really interesting experience because I still haven't unpacked. I have like half of my properties in my van right oh, now. God. Oh no! Yeah, now that's so gonna be they, spread they, all they, over uh, the Manhattan. They pulled me over when I opened up the van. Um, they they saw what was in there and they're like, eh, "I don't want to search through all of this." <laughs> but they go through. Uh, they go. They check my paperwork and whatnot. And um, <clears throat> when I was pulled over in Massachusetts like two weeks ago, the officer didn't give me back my registration and insurance card. Oh, no. So they write me a ticket for registration insurance as many, many trucks and other vehicles go past me, uh, which I thought was kind of funny because if this is a terrorism-related thing and you're more concerned with writing me a ticket yeah. than you are with you know, checking these dangerous vehicles. It's clear where their priorities lie. Yeah, it, it, it pretty much is. I mean, you can go through there. The funny thing is that if I had an easy pass, I'm never subject to that search. If you have an easy pass... <laughs> You can go through there with a Suburban full of TNT, and nobody's ever going to give you a second look. Good point. Yeah, you won't even stop. Well, it figures, right? Again, it shows where their priorities are. They're all about the cash, and that's what the Easy Pass is all about for them. I mean, it's just moving moving people through. And obviously, they make a little bit more if they uh, you know, take cash from you, but it also you know, does it clogs up the road so they can move more volume with the, uh, with the Easy Pass, and they don't have to pay and as they, many people. And they can track you. But what I'd say, Chris, is maybe the situation shows that uh, – the police need to be better funded so they can check everybody that goes through. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so you're leaving yeah, New yeah. Hampshire? Yeah, unfortunately, I I, uh, I got I well I say unfortunately, but fortunately at the same time. I mean, I got a really good job offer here in New York, but I'm already again being reminded of why I fled this place in the first place. 
Um, you know, and uh, unfortunately, I, I am I am down here now. So I'm still looking for work up there. I really want to come back, especially after this incident. Um, I, I, I'm looking at the red light cameras, paying sales tax and everything again, and I'm really starting to uh, regret it. <laughs> well, Honestly. you were talking to me. I mean, we, uh, we were at uh, karaoke the other night, uh, your last weekend here in Keene. And, uh, you know, it seemed like the story was basically you'd kind of jumped the gun a little bit on, uh, on coming up here as far as preparation uh, is concerned. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it definitely could have been prepared a little bit better. I ran into a problem with the, with the local government here over my apartment, and I said, you know, all right, screw this. I'm just, if I'm going to go find another apartment, I might as well go find one in New Hampshire. And I figure I'm a guy with a van full of tools. I can make a living anywhere. But, um, you know, was not, uh, was not finding what I needed up there, didn't plan it out ahead of time, and it was just like, you know, it, it didn't, uh, didn't work out very well economically, you know. I had a blast. I really enjoyed it up there. As I understand but, uh, it, you do intend to return after uh, finishing up this job down there. I, I, if I find another job up there before this job is over, then I'm not going to finish this job. I'm going <laughs> to come back up there. All right, man. Well, uh, be safe out there. Let us know uh, what All happens. Best, Chris. Uh, appreciate right, your information. Take care, buddy. 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want. 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll free line. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Again, freetalklive.com. Here with you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Pete. And Mark. Pete Ayers with us, courtesy of copblock.org. If you haven't been there, what are you waiting for? Get over to copblock.org. It's a humongous site. Uh, with uh, I mean, it's... It's an overwhelmingly uh, large site with lots of content and lots of great video clips and instructional suggestions as to how to handle the police. Uh, Coplock 101 actually just came out recently, which I thought was very good. It's, Solid. It's, Thanks, uh, man. it's narrated by you and Pete Ayer. Uh, or excuse me, you and Demo. I'm right. sorry. I don't mean no, to interchange you guys. <laughs> but... Uh, Anyway, you have slept together. Uh, the two of you. you already <laughs> called him as partner. <laughs> partner. But, in, but not like that. You were yeah. only sleeping together because of uh, co- lack of accommodation. Fiscal constraints, right. we'll say. Yeah. <laughs> Go to coplock.org. Don't miss it. <laughs> I don't even want to do here. Gold.freetalklive.com. You can get gold and silver in your hands, delivered right to your door. Uh, we've teamed up with Midas Resources. Uh, they've got some of the best prices you're going to be able to find in any of these uh, you know, major gold purveyors out there because they give the guarantees. They'll buy back the gold. Um, you know, I mean, you know, it, it can be difficult to find a buyer for the gold once you have it. Midas Resources will buy it too. Just go to gold.freetalklive.com. Take a look at the coins that we've got there for you. It's gold.freetalklive.com. Let's continue with you and your thoughts. Mama Allie calling from Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live. Mama Allie. Hi, boys. Hey. It's really good to hear your voice tonight. It was also really good to hear Taryn Lupo, my boy in Savannah, is 
how I found out about Free Talk Live. I am calling to give a shout-out to all those who are missing somebody who's caught in the system. I'm sitting by the river with my radio. I bought it with tequila in my cave. They took my baby today. You're breaking up a little bit. It sounds like you're on a cell phone uh, there. But I know that they, they did take your daughter from you today. They took her today. They surrounded the house on Sunday. They put her in custody, and her dad actually came today, and they told me that they weren't going to be able to force her, which they didn't technically force her, but the police told her they were going to put her in handcuffs and put her in her dad's car, and they scared her enough to where she buckled, and they took her. Now, how old so, is uh, your, your daughter? Justice is her name. How old is she? She's 13. 13. Okay. And so yep. she's certainly old enough to be able to make her own decision about uh, which parent she'd Absolutely. like to spend time with, right? And, you know, Absolutely. She, she, and if she, you've met my daughter, you know she's got a good head on her shoulders. Yeah. So uh, so why, you know, I guess I'm confused about all this. If, if it was her choice, she just felt intimidated and she went uh, with him? Uh, I, I don't get it. They were going to force her. To go with him. They, nice. I mean, they, they told me that they couldn't force her. So I was like, okay, so she's fine. As long as they can't force her, then she's fine. Mm-hmm. And because she was ready to fight. But they came with two squad cars and four cops, and they pulled out their handcuffs, and they scared her. And by the time I got there, she just, like, ran out the door and was like, Mommy, they were going to put me in handcuffs mm-hmm. and put her in her dad's car and take her. So... I just wanted, it's really good to hear you guys' voice, and I just want to give a shout-out to everybody who's missing somebody right now. The man who built the last biscuit with me is also in a cage in Michigan right now. My daughter is also trapped by tyrants, and I'm sitting here, me, Free Talk Live. So they're taking your your teenage daughter to, she's been put in custody with her father. She's not in some sort of juvenile home. She's She's back with her dad. Right, but I would have rather had her in juvenile home to fight them, at least, because he is completely unreasonable and insane. And, you know, he doesn't want her to go to homeschool. And, you know, like, she's already started her school. Like, she she has food passion like her mama. The Biscuit Bible comes out September the 1st. She's like The so Biscuit excited. Bible, this is... Started, uh, I'm glad yeah. to hear that you're still working on that. Uh, we haven't talked to you about it in probably about a year, but you are the founder of The Last Biscuit, which for a long time provided uh, basically agorist underground food sales in the city of Savannah, uh, where you were operating 24 hours a day in your own kitchen, basically. Uh, you know, right, yeah. A- I was going to tell you, too, that guy that was on the air earlier and him and his wife are fixing to pay some insane amount of money for no reason. He can email me at the last biscuit with underscores in between the words at yahoo.com, and I'll tell him how to do it and skip that 5000 bucks for them. Nice. That's a very uh, generous offer. And, and this Biscuit Bible is something that you've written, uh, which is going to give people kind of your tips and suggestions on how to operate a similar business of, you know, essentially running your own home-cooked meal kind of delivery service where you're cooking... It's been... Right. Yeah, it's been really good. You know, I... I've had two more months with my baby than they would have let me, yeah, yeah. and she actually wrote everything for it. I talked, she wrote 
Oh, cool. She, so she was kind of, it, she was, was transcribing you. That's, that's neat. Schoolwork. She is absolutely my translator for the world. <laughs> so, uh, so folks are going to yeah. learn how to run their own underground uh, cooking business. I think that's pretty exciting. Is Taryn helping you publish that? How are you actually going to get it out there? No, I actually have a local publisher that I've been working with. It took me a little bit to get back here to Tennessee because I've obviously been in Oklahoma trying to deal with that with my daughter, and it took me a little bit. And I, I, I didn't want to get a publisher that I couldn't sit down and talk with face-to-face because I'm kind of a handshake, your word is my word kind of thing, girl. And I had to show them how I want it. And so it's, I waited till I got back here, and I talked to a publisher as soon as I got here, and he proofread it and was, like, insanely ecstatic about all the work, books that I'm working on. Um, I have, Neat. like, three unfinished books, but it was... I know it was just kind of a proof. I I've, I don't write. I'm a cook. That's what I do. Yeah, My I hands they make food, you know. And so to to write was a, a different thing for me. And but he was like the feedback was insanely awesome. So it kind of was like the the confidence booster I guess I needed to put it in print. Great. Well, so, I hope it works out. And give us another call uh, as the you know when the publishing date comes up. Would love to uh, talk a little bit further about it and tell listeners where they can get their hands on it. Mama Allie, best of luck. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate it. Eight five five four fifty three. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You know, one of the themes that uh, is found frequently within the liberty movement is the idea of doing business without government permission, and that's something that Mama Allie really excelled at to the point where, again, running a food operation twenty four hours a day out of essentially out of a home kitchen. Uh, which is, you know, completely illegal as far as permitting and things like that are concerned. But she had happy customers who kept coming back and uh, delivery people that would, you know, because obviously you don't want your customers coming to the kitchen location because somebody might snitch on you. But, uh, you know, delivery people who would discreetly take uh, product from uh, the kitchen. I mean, it was almost like, you know, black market in food sales. And it, it was, was certainly a gray market. Um, they, they didn't pay any kind of government fees, didn't have any kind of government inspections. People still got the food. I ate the food. It's delicious. Yeah, home and, southern cooking, basically. You know, and, and it's really unjust for the government to demand money from you. You can sit around, collect welfare from the government for free. Sure. Or, but if you want to work and make make your life better and make your family's life better, they want to cut. I, you know, where who the do they hell get are off? they? Eight five five four fifty free. Well, we know who they are. They're men with guns who will do whatever it is they want to, as long as they can keep getting away with it. As long as people keep letting it happen and refuse to speak out and refuse to stand up for their rights. Eight five five four fifty free. But maybe the police review board can save us. We'll uh, explain what happened in Atlanta with their police review board here in moments. It's free talk live. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest liberty forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever you want if you dial in toll-free. 855-453. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features we give to you there. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com. News updates are included 
You can get signed up and follow our emailed news updates, or you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and get even more uh, from the show than just news. We'll also ask some questions and retweet things and uh, talk a little bit more over on Twitter and Facebook. You can get to there uh, to both of those by going to news.freetalklive.com and get signed up. Yeah, the sponsor of our phone lines is SACL CAI. They do accounts receivable. If you have a business that needs to try something new in the area of uh, collections or whatever, they can handle it for you. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. Their employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you need to keep your clients, too. It's SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. All right. So it was over the weekend that we talked in detail about the police and corruption and uh, what was going on with our friend Adamo, who's facing a trial in Manchester on Monday for uh, three wiretapping charges, possibly looking at 21 years in prison. And the question that I asked on Saturday night was, well, you know, is there anything that can that can be done besides individuals acting? You know, can there be some sort of inside the system solution to holding police accountable? Some people would suggest that there's uh, the possibility that a police accountability board or a police citizens review board might actually have the chance to do something. At least that's what they thought in Atlanta after the shooting. It's the tragic- about the only thing you can come up with, right? It sounds what, like it, what do you do? You certainly can't file a complaint with the police, as you know, if you've ever seen the police complaint center. Are you guys familiar with the police complaint center over at copblock.org, Pete? Um, I'm not sure. You should look into it because it's almost like the precursor to copblock. Uh, police complaint center is something that uh, was founded many years ago. I think it was sometime in the 1990s by a fo- by a former cop. Uh, Diop Kamau is his name. This kind of like big black dude kind of cop, and uh, you know he's he's definitely got that cop look to him. Uh, and he left the police force over, uh, for what, I forget what the issue was, but he's, he certainly knows what it's like on the inside of a police department, knows how to work. Clearly disenchanted in some way. Right, knows how to work the, the police with, you know, from the inside. And uh, he will has has run a number of sting operations, basically reverse stings on the police. And one of the classic ones uh, was where they went into South Florida and they had one of their guys from the police complaint center, who I believe was also a former cop, uh, go into several police departments, something like more than 20 uh, different regional police departments in different areas of South Florida. And his mission was to, with hidden cameras, was to ask for a complaint form. That's all. Yeah, I've seen that video. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it is great. Mm-hmm. And they were actually kind of hired by a news organization, so they were sort of commissioned in because they'd heard complaints about the uh, you know the various different police departments there, and so they hired the police complaint center to come in and do it proper, you know, like go in with a real undercover camera operation and somebody that knows exactly what they're doing and uh, and work the cops over. And basically, uh, he ended up getting uh, attacked. By some officers in one department, some and some police departments don't have a complaint for it all. Others intimidated him. Some claimed they didn't have the police com- uh, complaint form. Some said they did have a form, but you couldn't leave the department with it. Uh, and there were a few that actually let you take the form and leave the department. So it was a huge range of uh, responses from these departments, and it was absolutely outrageous how the cops behaved in many of those different aspects. So you look at and this I don't and- think that anybody listening here, because we've been accused of being cop haters, yeah. I can't imagine any. Anybody here thinks that it's okay for police to intimidate somebody who asked for a complaint form. Right. Shouldn't police departments simply give somebody a form, a complaint form, if they ask for it? Seems like a no-brainer, but apparently a whole bunch of them have a policy against that. 
And Who knows what they've got? I mean, you know, we don't know if it's a policy, but there certainly were a lot of these one bad apples running well, around. Right. And he wasn't supposed to have a story. The guy didn't, you know, he wasn't going to lie to the cops. He didn't have an actual, you know, they didn't give him a story to tell about what nope. the complaint was. Because, just asked for a form. Right. He just wanted to have a form. And when the cops would ask him questions about, well, why do you want it? What happened? Who are you complaining about? Uh, then he would say, well, it could be you. So I want to get the form where I can take it home. Or it might be for my friend. Maybe my friend who was intimidated by one of your officers uh, doesn't want to come into the very same department in which one of the the officer in question is working. Who might actually be you, the officer I'm talking to? Could be a stunner there, right? So uh, anyway, there's you know that was really great work that they've done, and they've done a number of other uh, things. So you know, doing these undercover sting operations is is cool. It's revealing about the police departments. But does anything really ever change as a result of it? I don't know. I think people's minds get opened, and that's important. Those are certainly things to which uh, goals toward which we are working. But uh, changing the system is a really unwieldy process. So what happened in Atlanta? Well, 92-year-old Katherine Johnson was shot to death by uh, police in a drug raid during uh, a raid that, by the way, was built on lies from informants, followed by cover-ups by the cops who killed Catherine in her home and then planted drugs in the house to justify the raid after the fact. We covered this story when it happened on Free Talk Live, quite a bit of detail. Well, it led to the birth of the Atlanta Citizen Review Board. The board and was- by the way, I'd like to point out, um, now this raid wasn't done by two police officers. No. I mean, it was done by a small army of police officers. You know, the, yeah. There had to be at least six or seven in there. Please explain to me how, if there's... One bad apple, two bad apples, that all the rest of the people on in the, uh, the, the raid group went along with the drug planting. Now, I, I, I'm not saying that every police officer is bad. I, obviously, that's an incorrect statement. But somebody explained to me the psychology that goes behind listening to bad informants, shooting an 87-year-old woman. 92. 92-year-old woman, uh, blind, with a small handgun, dead in her house, and then decide, you know what, the best choice of action, the best thing that we can do right here is plant some drugs on this lady. Incentives. It comes down to incentives. Sure. Incentives of not wanting to be caught. And nobody wants to be caught. Or even, or even the people who aren't maybe actively planting the drugs or doing the shooting or doing whatever, but they say, hey, I know if I speak out, it's my, I'm going to... They're going to be a in rough trouble. time, right? Right. The the thuggish cops who would be willing to plant those drugs or shoot an old lady, they're the cops that the supposedly good cops would then be coming up against as far as they've created an enemy within depart, uh, the department. And who knows if these cops are willing to be as thuggish and corrupt as to shoot an old woman to death and plant drugs? Who knows what they would do to the so-called good cops in there? So I don't blame Their them family. for being afraid. I, I really right. don't blame them. Uh, but anyway, all that aside. When stuff like this happens, people get outraged, and rightfully so. The people of Atlanta, specifically the neighborhood in which this lady lived, were outraged about the, the behavior of the police, and they wanted something done. And, of course, when, when there's enough outrage, enough media coverage, the politicians will dance around as though they're doing something. And so, oh, we'll just create this Citizens Review Board. And according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution at AJC.com, the board was given investigators, subpoena power, and a mandate to provide a credible, independent, and safe and welcoming place to bring complaints, as opposed to the police department, which clearly isn't, uh, and an accusations of misconduct and abuse by public safety officials. Seems like a good idea. Well, more than five years later, because remember, all they have to do is just make it look like they're doing something. Oh, look, here's this complaint department. You're going to love this. 
It's, it's going to solve everything. And then everybody just kind of forgets about what happened and they move along and the news media doesn't pay attention. Well, thankfully, the AJC has done a follow-up. More than five years later, the Oversight's board existence is threatened by resistance from the police force, an apparent lack of interest from city government, internal board politics, and a damaged public image. Right. The board's supposed to have... Where are they going to get the information on these complaints? Where, who's going to do the investigation on the police officers on which they're well, complained the, about? The board has investigators, they claim. They have their own investigators. They have their own investigators. That's the board is supposed to have 11 members appointed by neighborhood planning units, lawyers groups, the city council, and the mayor. But it's been operating with only 10 members for the past seven months, awaiting a new appointee by the mayor. The citizen watchdog panel is at a critical place in its so far rocky existence, and the strain on the members is showing more and more in meetings that sometimes disintegrate into name-calling. The decision to hire and then not hire a former federal prosecutor as their second executive director and public complaints that the board seems too concerned with placating the police department and is sacrificing transparency. We'll give you more here about what's going on with this uh, debacle, the Atlanta Citizen Review Board. It was supposed to save people and, you know, help them. We'll see how it's doing in moments. 855-453. You can take control of the airwaves here, bring up whatever's on your mind. Maybe you've had an experience going to one of these uh, police complaint boards. What was it like for you? It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number tonight for you, 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. Here with you, it's Ian. Pete. And Mark. Pete is here, courtesy of copblock.org. And our number again is 855-450-FREE. We're digging into a news piece here from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution where they're doing a follow-up on the Atlanta Citizen Review Board, which is a board created after the tragic shooting of 92-year-old Catherine Johnston in her home in Atlanta. Uh, She was sleeping, and the cops came in on a raid, which was built on lies from informants, and then covered up by the police who planted drugs in her house after the fact. Uh, All of this information did end up coming out, thankfully. In many cases with drug raids, it doesn't. Uh, The cops do end up successfully hurting peaceful people. In this case, they killed this woman. Uh, the cops did have some level of accountability simply because of the huge amount of press that it received, given that uh, she was 92. Had she been 29, uh, it probably wouldn't have played out in the same way because you know people just seem to care more about uh, the cops aggressing against elderly people than they do against people in their uh, the early portion of their lives. And so they formed this uh, Citizens Review Board with the intention of giving people a safe place to bring their complaints, because apparently they feel intimidated when they bring complaints to the police department directly. They have their own, uh, they have their own investigators, subpoena power, and uh, supposed to, it was, you know, sounded like a good idea. Turns out, uh, looks like it's in shambles at the moment because the police force is resisting them. The city government doesn't seem to care, and uh, there's internal board politics as well as more. We'll give you the details here from AJC.com. The citizen watchdog panels at a critical place in its rocky existence thus far. 
and the strain on members is showing more and more in meetings that sometimes disintegrate into name-calling. They've also been uh, deciding to hire and then not hire a former federal prosecutor as their second executive director. So apparently they're also well-funded. I mean, if they've got uh, the money to uh, hire an executive director for this board, it's you know this isn't just a, a board of volunteer attorneys and active citizens who care coming together to oversee the police. This is now a bureaucracy they got bank. Uh, at this point. It had the capability of having effectiveness, but the city of Atlanta is a huge political machine, and I don't think it was ever strong enough to be effective, said Joy Morrissey, who'd been on the board since its inception five years ago until May 10th when her replacement was announced. She says, I don't know if anyone is going to allow it to be effective. A lot depends on who's chosen to take the job that the former executive director uh, left in November in frustration with city government, some board members and her staff. The former board member said, I think it's in crisis at the moment. If a strong person doesn't come in, then I question the effectiveness of the board from here on out. Well, I question the effectiveness of the board from here be, uh, previously. What has it done? I mean, what uh, what things can you point to, board members, that uh, that you've done to actually help people? The first pool of applicants numbered 150 when it was reopened last month. 247 applied for the $100,000 a year job. <laughs> that pool has been reduced to 13 candidates, five of whom will be interviewed by the entire board, and the goal is to make a choice within a month. APD has never embraced the board, though the department says it surprise, just, surprise. Though they say it doesn't oppose oversight, but the argument has been that, except in the most egregious cases, there's no need for an independent investigation of what APD's Office of Professional Standards would do with its own internal this investigations. This is what police unions and police chiefs organizations say all along. Mm-hmm. They say that people shouldn't be allowed to record the police because they don't need to. I mean, that's that that's the explanation. You shouldn't be allowed to record the police because you don't need to be allowed to record the police. Everything's we'll fine citizen. here. Shut up and go away. All you have to do is go to YouTube and type in, you know, police brutality or, uh, you know, a, abuse of power or whatever. And you're going to find just hundreds of videos where, yes, we do need to be able to, to to videotape the police. Look, I'm not saying this happens every encounter. I don't know whether it happens one in a hundred encounters or one in a thousand encounters or one in ten thousand encounters. But people, citizens, the people who are supposedly the the government here, the 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 top of the the the, the chain, we the people are should be able to videotape our government employees if in fact that's the scenario. Yeah, this whole idea is ludicrous. I mean, you think about police, they build themselves as uh, the protectors, and you know, a lot of places they say, you don't have the right to possess or own a firearm. Mm-hmm. We have them. We'll be here to protect you. But their court system has ruled. They have no duty to protect the individual. And you read time and again when people call 911 for help, they don't show up ever, or they show up and they hurt the, the people that uh, made the calls. But uh, I got a story right here where a, a deaf woman calls the police. She mm-hmm. comes outside. Oh, they man. taser her. Yep. Yeah, in Tacoma. And That'll show her for being deaf. Right. Yeah. So it's. it's I mean, ho- she told the dispatcher, "I'm deaf," and then the dispatcher called her and said the police were outside. Okay, I'm coming out. Thirty seconds later, she comes out of the door. She's waving her arms in the air, not particularly threatening, right? And they, they hit her in the gut. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I called Tacoma PD about that today, but I mean, it's the whole idea, who watches the watchers and why, and if you allow these layers of bureaucracy, so let's say the police are supposed to be watching the people in Atlanta, and then you create the civilian review board to watch them, and again, it's a bureaucracy, it's a cluster, so what happens after that? You're going to create another 
agency or another group of people to watch that. This is what happens when you have no competition and yep. it lacks the proper incentives. And, and you want real accountability. You let people vote with their dollars. And instead of forcing upon them this uh, top-down monopoly of force. APD, the police union, and the Atlanta Police Foundation, which provide private funds for some police programs, agree there should be oversight, but that it should come in the form of reviewing or auditing findings of completed internal investigations. Quote, the Atlanta Police Department does not oppose accountability to the citizens it serves, say their spokes-bureaucrat Carlos Campos. He says, however, we have always advocated for an audit model approach to the Citizen Review Board rather than the current investigative model. We believe the audit model is more effective at providing the level of departmental oversight the public is seeking. Citizen groups see that that argument is one to weaken the uh, the city's watchdog system. It's obvious, according to Reverend Anthony Anthony Motley of Lindsay Street Baptist, which has been a leader of the efforts to fight crime in Catherine Johnson's neighborhood, he says it's obvious that the police want a symbolic organization. They want an organization with no teeth in it. They want a citizen review board in name only, and they don't want a board that will serve as a serious check and balance on police actions. Now, that's from a man that's actually been working in his community to fight crime. Crime, and that's what he thinks about the the police. So he knows, you know, as a upstanding member of the community attempting to keep his streets safe, that the police aren't there to help, right? That the police are there to cover up their own misdeeds and to whitewash everything. He knows this, and that's why he he can see right through what they're saying. Only one member of the board actually has a law enforcement background. Some critics of police oversight say lay people don't understand or appreciate that the officers deal with difficult, untrustworthy, dangerous people every day. Agreed. And it's common. Like their colleagues. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it's, it's got to be really tough to deal with, uh, you know, the criminal element. I spent... More than eight years in prison, um, not, not eight years, six months in prison. And I've got to say, I'm not a big fan of convicts. Don't like them much. And I can understand why people that would deal with folks of that caliber on a regular basis would get jaded. I understand why uh, correctional officers say, look, I'm in prison just like you. I do eight and hit the gate. Um, I, I get it. I but, mean, I get why people feel that but, way. But think about it, Mark. These guys, they say we deal with dangerous people or people that – you know, don't want us around or whatever they might they might claim. And why is that? It's because they're going around trying to impose their dictates on other people. And for most part, a lot of these folks are engaging in activities that don't have a victim, that don't damage sure. a person or property. And it's merely a, it's merely some scribble some politicians put on a piece of paper. So I know, I, you know, if 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 that weren't being the case and someone was actually serving and protecting, then people would want them around and they would say, hey, I'm having this issue. You mind helping me out? And I'm not entirely sure that it, when it comes to like domestic abuse situations that, uh, you know, that everybody would want them around. Uh, you know, these, there's a lot Whoever's of, being abused would. Eh, no, they not necessarily. Okay, fine. Well, so Some people like being abused, sh- I guess. So should then- that cost be externalized to neighbors? Should they be forced to pay to deal with situations nope. that nobody wants to be involved in? Nope. Nope. So well, in, in most domestic disputes, someone in that dispute is calling the police. So that would suggest to me that they want the cops to come. I, they don't, know, them. I don't know what most is. Um, and sometimes, you know, they, yeah, they'll, they'll want them to come. But, you know, they don't want to deal with the repercussions of, you know, the boyfriend or the girlfriend having to go to court and get it being arrested. But I mean, that happens Let's all take the time. this situation. And what, what does stem from it? People want to... Uh, 
uh, quell any discord in, in a domestic situation. So a lot of these jurisdictions now, they say there's a mandatory arrest. When yep. A lot of time it's not Thanks needed. For a problem. And, you know, these situations, it's bound to happen, this, this unaccountability, because any time you allow a double standard to a person or group of people, the, it's only going to grow. It's never going to go away until people withdraw their consent. We'll continue here uh, with you and your thoughts in moments. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So do you have experience? There's a little bit more here about what's going on in Atlanta. We'll touch that uh, here in hour number three. But you have experience with a police review board. Have you ever gone in front of one of them? What is the process like? Were you satisfied with what they did? I've never heard any stories. Now, that's not to say they're not out there. Just never come across my desk like... Hey, this review board actually held this police department accountable and they found this bad cop and, you know, something happened. Uh, 855-450-FREE. Maybe you've got that story you can share with us. 1-855-450-3733. Or maybe it was just another bureaucratic morass for you to waste your time with. More coming up. Free Talk Live. If you've listened to Free Talk Live for any length of time, you're familiar with Bradley Jardis. Brad is the former police officer that now embraces the ideas of liberty, and now he's running for sheriff of Coas County in New Hampshire. Sheriff is a very important position from which a liberty-oriented individual can protect many rights of the populace. Any U.S. citizen can donate to his campaign up to $1,000. He's hoping to raise as much money as possible for his campaign, and his chances are quite good. He's running in Coas County, and Ron Paul actually carried Coas. I hope you'll trust me when I say that we know a few other good reasons that we believe Brad can win. Come on, join Ian and me in donating to Brad's campaign and getting a liberty-loving individual in this very important seat. If Brad gets this seat, it'll be the biggest win for the liberty movement in New Hampshire and maybe anywhere. Give what you can at bradforsheriff.com. Bradforsheriff.com. This was paid for by friends of Bradley Jardis, Bradley Jardis, fiscal agent. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves toll free at 855 450 free. It's the SACL CAI toll free line. Join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. And enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. You get to control the content of the site. Every item that you see down the front page, those votes, those numbers next to them, those are votes. Uh, there are uh, totals of votes. You can vote up or down. So if you like something, you vote it up. If you don't, you vote it down. And the most voted up, make it to the front page and the top of the site. So go to freetalklive.com, get interactive. And don't forget to hit the upcoming stories page, the most important page on the site as far as your voting is concerned, because that's where all the brand new submissions, and of course you can submit things to the site too but that's where all the brand new submissions go before they make it to the front page they have to get a certain number of votes in order to get promoted so please go to the upcoming stories page over at freetalklive.com and get interactive as we go to your phone calls and your thoughts more about the atlanta citizen review board and how it's failing in moments but first tyler uh, tyler is listening in ohio you're on free talk live tyler what's up guys hey tyler are you on a speakerphone uh, no, it's, it's probably, you probably hear a lot of echo. I'm oh, yeah, it's a little bit of echo. All right, go ahead, sir. Sorry. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I had this one incident with police. I uh, I was having a blonde moment, I guess. I went to pump gas or whatever. I uh, I pumped the gas, and I paid with the card afterwards, so it didn't count or whatever. It was 7 bucks. Well, anyways, they're coming to my house over this, and the screen door, I had the screen door shut. You know, it's a nice day. The front door's open. 
So this officer walks in the house, walks oh. up the stairs, and searches for my room, I guess, whatever he thinks is my room. Wow. He's like, Marion City Police coming through. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, what's up? He's like, well, you apparently stole some gas or whatever. Obviously knew I wouldn't steal seven bucks with the gas. You know, and he's just making a big deal about it or whatever. I'm like, how'd you get in? Did someone let you in? He's like, the door was open. Like, I guess... That just means you can just walk in. You were like, I went to my neighbors, like, uh, your son stole one of my yard gnomes, you know? So I just thought I'd come in and tell you I might need that back. You know, they'd probably call the police on me and I'd go to jail. Mm-hmm. Something crazy like that. I just thought it was weird. He just walked in. I mean, I could have been smoking pot in my room. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, you could have. And he, you would have been arrested for it. Yeah. So, Tyler, do you have this guy's name? Have you followed up and tried to uh, hold him accountable? No. I mean, this was before. I was even with the whole free talk, liberty movement, all that. I wasn't even, I didn't even. Oh, so wait, how long ago was this? Um, maybe six months. Okay. Right on. Well, how big Uh, is the department out there? You may be able to uh, go by and check it out and identify him and just, you know, point it out and at least. Go ask for a complaint (laughs) form. Yeah, I'm sure that'll work. <laughs> you know, it probably yeah, won't, yeah. but it is interesting to try, and it's it's kind of it's always enlightening to you know attempt to use their little system and try through their uh, their processes to see what sort of results you can get. It's usually going to be uh, a waste of your time, but what stumbling you know, blocks they put in your way, right? But ultimately, it is a learning experience about how just how bureaucratic and how uh, useless their complaint system uh, would be in that case. So, were you ticketed? Uh, what was the ultimate result of uh, his visit? Well, I just, he just told me to go after he was ranting and raving about nothing about me telling him that he shouldn't just walk in my house. He's like, well, just go or here's the number to the gas station. Just make sure you go pay it as soon as possible, blah. And he leaves, but he just walked in the house. I thought that was strange. I guess that badge and gun means you can just walk in anywhere. It's crazy. There's more than one report of this. I mean, this isn't the first time that we've read a story like this. Yep. And I imagine these kind of stories just aren't often getting reported. Yours didn't. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's not really, it doesn't it's, rise to the level of news. It's not news because it's common. Because any yeah. cop will open an open screen door and, and likely come inside. I mean, I guess not any cop, but many cops will do that. Yeah, I don't know. Do you that. know what, what, mean, what, what makes a screen door an open door, but a wooden door a closed door? I don't know. It's right. a good question. We've. There's a window, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's ridiculous. Crazy. No, it is. He has no right. He has no Air right. Air can pass through it? Right. You shouldn't have to always have your doors locked for fear of the police coming in. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, well, you know... T- Tyler, if you want, if uh, if you want to follow up and try to uh, figure out who this guy was and uh, make it more known, at least uh, advise your neighbors of this guy who breaks and enters. There's a cop lock is a sister site called Cop Reports. There's a link to it from the homepage of Cop Lock. And I heard Dave, I think it was Dave Ridley talking about that, or, or somebody was. Nice. I know it was uh, maybe it was Dave uh, or Daryl Perry. Daryl Perry cool. was talking right about on. that. And uh, Cop Reports, tell me tell me about that. And and, th- and thank you by the way, Tyler. Let us know what happens if you do end up getting any accountability on that. Appreciate the story tonight. Uh, tell me more about Cop Reports. Yeah, coplock.org, again, it's a decentralized website, so we encourage people to implement ideas they have or give us ideas, and we could try to work with them to uh, bring them to fruition. We had received a lot of f- feedback and input from folks uh, since Coplock's founding, which uh, over two and a- about two and a half years ago, uh, for the need of something like this, this interface, and 
uh, about a year ago, a, a statistician stepped up and said, "Hey, I want to help get involved. What can I do?" And I tried. We tried to find a place for him, but we really couldn't. Didn't have a need at the time. But uh, more recently, uh, an individual stepped up who had some experience with databases, and we paired them together, and they made this site called Cop Reports, cop-reports dot com. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the idea is essentially it's an interface where you know you're not going to get accountability following a uh, complaint with the police department. They investigate themselves. And so the idea is just to um, make their transgressions uh, clear for everybody else. And so you go to the site, you can fill out a report, as much information as you have, the badge number, contact info, social media contacts, an incident write-up, the name, date, you know, all sorts of things. You can attach a picture. And the idea is essentially we'll have a database there where, where there will be, uh, you know, potentially multiple points of contact for certain individuals. And we can uh, uh, work together. Some we I now uh, have looped in uh, – a young lady who has stepped up from Idaho. Uh, she expressed interest in getting involved with CopLock. She's now moderating cop reports and um, approving submissions that look good. And if they and if they uh, need some following up on and call floods, she'll feed them over to CopLock.org. Outstanding. So cop-reports.com is where you can go to check that out. And I think it's a great idea. I know that you guys are probably getting a load of submissions just running CopLock.org. So this gives them a specific place to go to. Yeah, cop. Yeah, and if it, again, it's decentralized. So if anybody has interest and wants to get involved with cop, I could definitely use some help uh, in in a lot of different areas. And so I could suggest some, or if you have ideas of your own. But uh, how do they get in touch through uh, coplock.org? Yeah, you can. There's a contact button at coplock.org, or you can email me Pete at coplock.org, and uh, we can brainstorm, collaborate. Now, one of the other things that coplock does is it is creating a model that can be duplicated because I think that's really important with activism is to do stuff. I mean, obviously up here in New Hampshire, we've got a whole lot of activists that have moved into one. Place, which makes it, you know, to some extent a little more difficult to duplicate some of the things that go on here because you have to have the numbers. But the idea of cop block, of, of people holding police accountable, of arming up with video cameras, asking questions uh, of the police, these are things that can be implemented even on an individual level. And if you've got a handful of folks, all the better. And so you guys have had uh, basically cop block uh, subsidiaries, or, or what, what do you call yeah, them? Uh, some people call them groups, offshoots, groups? affiliates. Yeah, but uh, right now there's. Yep. If you go to coplock.org, there's a map embedded on the right side. Or if you go to the the about page, we have the map there. We have a list of uh, allies, which are cop block offshoots, as well as a few cop watch groups and some other branches. So uh, I've been teaming up with Jacob Crawford, who's a longtime cop watcher since 2000 out in Berkeley, the original cop watch group. And he and I and some other folks uh, here... Uh, collaborated to make uh, the Coplock 101 video that recently went up that gives a real good overview of what Coplock's about and share some some uh, details about it. And uh, so essentially what I'm trying to do now is just create these primer resources. As my buddy Howard Killebrew, who started Denver Coplock, says, make the ground fertile so stuff can grow. So I'm just trying to create these resources. I'm working with Meg McLean to create a lot of printable uh downloadable flyers and, and graphics and literature so people can get this information in other people's hands. Well, let's talk to Jacob. He's on the line yep. here. He's one of the co-founders of Ohio Cop Block. Jacob, you're on Free Talk Live with Pete Ayer from Cop Block. What's up, man? Hey, buddy. Good to hear from you. Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Jacob? Oh, nothing. I was just going to report on my case and a little bit how we're starting up the chapter again since I'm not really afraid of the law. Tell me about your case. Uh, we, we, got, we, we got a chain of custody issue. I was going to uh, send a message to Pete showing him where uh, the package got opened by some company before it arrived. Hold on, I have no and, idea uh, what you're talking about. What package? Where? What? Uh, you do you give... remember a few months ago I called in, or my, my buddy called in about me getting arrested. 
Uh, no, research. No, 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 the, the thousands of listeners haven't heard the story, so you're going <laughs> right. to you're gonna have to back it up for us. Oh, we're doing, a, we're doing bad, radio, so bad. we always have to do a recap uh, so people can understand what you're talking about. So hang on, Jacob. We're going to bring you back. You can tell us the story in moments. 855-450-FREE is the number here. That's 1-855-450-3733. And we'll continue uh, here with you and your thoughts are welcome about whatever's on your mind. 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll free number tonight. You can take control of the airwaves. The number is 855-450-FREE. It's 1-855-450-3733. Joining you in the studio this evening, it's Ian here. Pete. And Mark. Once again, 855-450-FREE. You can also join us on our website where we accept Bitcoins. You can go to bitcoin.freetalklive.com. There's where you'll find the Bitcoin tip jar address. If you've got some Bitcoins you would like to share with us or a fraction of a Bitcoin, somebody actually just sent in uh, a couple days ago. You can When you get your Bitcoin client up, it tells you when and how much you received. Someone sent to the FTL Bitcoin address 0.00000001 Bitcoin. You can do it. You can do it with Bitcoin. Maybe they were just trying it to see if they could. <laughs> see how it gets done. Absolutely yeah, sure. can. Uh, and I wonder what that translates into in U.S. dollars because right now Bitcoins are worth about ten or eleven Basically, bucks a piece. For, yeah, they're you know you just. It, the easy thing to do right now is call them ten bucks, move the decimal point over uh, one position, and and do it that way in your head. There you go. Good so point. I mean, it's a small fraction of a penny. I'm glad we've got a super genius on the show. <laughs> Thanks for that. I'm saving. I'm saving the show. I'm telling you. <laughs> All right, so uh, bitcoin.freetalklive.com. You can learn more about bitcoins over at weusecoins.org, and it's an amazing idea that is just getting better over time as more people continue to develop it, as more businesses continue to accept it. Uh, it is a digital currency that essentially acts like the, a digital version of cash, except it's not issued by a government, it's not issued by a corporation, it's completely, like Coplock, decentralized. Uh, it is peer-to-peer. It cannot be taken down by the government. It is impossible for them to crack it, and it makes it so you can do financial transactions, buy products, services online without having to ask anyone's permission. And you can also do it in an anonymous fashion as well, which allows for uh, different services like, say, gambling uh, to be possible with it. Learn more at WeUseCoins.org. And you can grab some Bitcoins over at BitInstant.com. You can turn your cash into Bitcoins. BitInstant.com allows you to do that. Now, Jacob is with us. He's the co-founder of Ohio Cop Block. Jacob, keeping in mind that uh, there are brand new listeners all the time to Free Talk Live, recap uh, what happened. Because uh, I said you said you had an update on your situation with the police. So please uh, kind of give us the whole story in a in a nutshell, if you could. Okay. Uh, around November of the year, I called you guys talking about research chemicals, and I oh. sold synthetic antibodies at the time. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was it, like Discount Rechem well, or something? What's that? What was the website? Uh, Discount Rechem. Right, okay. We're, we sold synthetic antibodies only, right? 
Okay. Well, anyway, uh, I ordered uh, 300 grams worth from the website, legally, uh, of course, and they sent me methylone instead of uh, what I wanted to get. So the uh, custom agent picked it up and did a controlled delivery. Oh, no. Right now I'm facing two to eight years in a state prison. So. Wow. Holy crap. Okay, yeah. so this is because uh, Ohio had outlawed methylone, or was this a federal thing? Well, okay, it was a federal stop, but then uh, the state police arrested me, and the federal the federal boys rule realized that there's a chain of custody problem, and they decided to have the state like take care of it. So it's uh so this is recent because it was not too long ago that the federal government outlawed all of uh, a number of these research chemicals. Yeah, but methylone wasn't one of them, which is cool. So I won't get charged for that. So is it Ohio that has but a law against methylone? No, I got, I'm getting charged by the state where it is illegal now. Right, I, so, I didn't order the chemical though. Yeah, but I mean that's a kind it's of a tough over. that's a tough thing for them to prove. I mean, you know, it's uh, you had this delivered to you, but you didn't know that it was coming. And how do they prove? I mean, don't you have plausible deniability in this or like case? a receipt that you can show and say, "Hey, I didn't order this well, specific chemical." No, I have, I have a receipt showing I'm tried to order a different chemical because I only sold synthetic cannabinoids. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in any of those cannabinoids or any of those bath salts. I think they're dangerous and deadly. People have the right to eat them if they want, but I don't condone that. We sold forensic purpose cannabinoids, nothing else, and that's what I ordered. And they sent me the wrong chemical, and I got in trouble for it. Wow, that's crazy. Now, where was the supplier? They were overseas, huh? Yes, they're from China. Got it. So uh, so it's a, it was Ohio that had a law passed against methylone. Now, for those that don't know, methylone is kind of a uh, – the, the, a lot of these synthetic drugs are trying to ape the what are classic illegal drugs like ecstasy. They're or, trying to make them better, better tr- versions. Like methylone, if it was used for human consumption – is a better version of ecstasy. It's has without the crash or any of that. Like, with, you know how they just outlawed all the 2C chemicals, like 2CE and 2CI? Well, they just made new ones that are active on blotter that are better with less side effects. That's so interesting because that's drugs, not what I... All they do is make new ones. That's, that's interesting that you say that because that's not what I'd heard about methylone. I had heard that it was worse than, uh, than MDMA, which oh. is... God, and no. and the, the reason I heard that, it was worse was because it lasts for a less amount of time, and it's more addictive, uh, and so people would be more likely to continue redosing with it. Well, I I, I uh, did experiment with it when it was legal around probably July of uh, 2011. Mm-hmm. I ordered like 10 grams for like 50 bucks, and it was an amazing chemical. I'm like, don't get me wrong. Like, I loved it. I liked it more than any street ecstasy. If you find any street ecstasy, you're not going to find any more than 84%. But anyway, back to the case, uh, the feds dropped it because the chain of custody, when they were sending it for forensic analysis, they sent it to the wrong place in Strongsville. A company opened it up and took it out of its packaging. Oops. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right? So when uh, when so, do you face uh, uh, the sh- I'm pretty sure I have a chain of custody thing. I got in touch with Pete actually a couple of days ago about getting a uh, guy's uh, email, and I've been talking to him about it. So they screwed up the chain of custody. You're thinking the charges could get thrown out based on that. But I, I like Mark's question about the plausible deniability. I mean, people can send whatever the hell they want to to Free Talk Live's address. I don't know what, what, you know, what kind of things people are sending to my mailbox. How can I be responsible for whatever packages or envelopes exactly. are sent to me? I didn't even sign for it. My uncle did. 
Sorry for interrupting. Yeah. But my uncle signed for it. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a cop disguised as a DHL agent. Yeah, I would say and that. Uh, you know, even if you sign for it, I, I, I mean, I, I guess that might make their case a little better. But even if you sign for it, most people sign for any package that comes to their front yeah, door. Yeah, that's what happened to the guy in uh, Strongsbury. He signed for it because he, he he ran a business and he uh, op- he opened it up and the powder was there. He's like, hey, this isn't what I ordered, and it turned out the Chinese guy sent the wrong chemical and I got fucked. Oh, we can't let you say that on the air. (laughs) Got to drop your call. Sorry about that. You got to remember you're doing live radio, and I apologize. Uh, We are here on uh, a bunch of radio stations. We got to protect their their license. So, sorry about that. Really wanted to continue that interview, and I hope that uh, Jacob has the uh, you know the best of luck down there uh, with that because I hate to see anybody go to jail for some you know something they didn't even intend to do. It sounds like there's a lot of outs for him, you know, per the legalese and everything. And the individual he's talking about uh, being put in contact with recently is Mark Stevens. And so he's okay. got some legal knowledge himself. And I think, uh, you know, with the facts of it and, and this uh, this legal knowledge, legalese knowledge that uh, Mark will bring to the table will uh, navigate him through this successfully. It would seem to me that this is one of those cases where the cops, like usual, are just trying to intimidate their way into a conviction. Like, oh, hey, buddy, you're looking at eight years in uh, in prison here for this methylone uh, possession charge. But wait, I didn't order it. Uh, I didn't know this was coming to my house. How can you put me in prison? Well, because most people are going to take the plea deal. Odds are good they're going to come to the table with a plea deal. Fewer than 1% of cases, uh, arrests, result in a trial. Right. How many people who have had a delivery, a similar situation as Jacob, how many of them have actually taken it to trial? And what happens then? Because then they actually have to prove their case. They have to prove that he intended to receive this, don't they? That he intended to have this product? It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Franks, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves here, 855-450-FREE. That is a toll-free number. It's 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have there. Uh, We give them away. The archives are there, and they go all the way back to late 2006. You can just click and download as many as you want. And if you want, you can also uh, share them, which we'd really appreciate if you did. Uh, You can share your favorite episodes or share the ones you hate, whatever. Share them with your friends on Facebook. You can use the share button on each episode that you'll find on our SoundCloud page. You can get to our SoundCloud page by going to freetalklive.com. Look on the left-hand side under Listen and Share, and then click the SoundCloud link to get there. Again, all the archives completely free. Uh, freetalklive.com. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Pete. And Mark. And we're going to do something a little bit unusual here. Uh, it certainly wasn't planned because, you know, again, open phones will take calls from anybody about anything, including a bunch of guys in another radio studio somewhere down in uh, Florida. Uh, apparently, we have the hosts of uh, Dangerous Conversation on the line with us here, which is available at radioio.com. Scott, uh, Loring, Alex, how many people do you have behind microphones down there? Let me see. We got uh, six people on six mics here, Pete. Good to talk to you. Well, 
Well, wow. Pete, I'm I'm Ian, but Pete's here too oh, I'm sorry. from copblock.org, okay. and that's okay. We won't have any idea who you are either, so uh, don't you worry about that. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Well, actually, you know a couple of guys. You know uh, Loring. Uh, I know who do Loring. you know in the studio? Yeah, yeah. No, I know Ian and Pete. Who else do you have in the studio? Mark tonight? Edge Ian is here Edge. as well. Oh yeah, so I know all three of these. Guys. His name is Edge. Mark. Okay. Uh, it's well, made my up. Name's yeah. Ledge. What's that? So Edge and Ledge. Yeah, Very Edge cool. And Ledge. Very cool. <laughs> funny. It sounds like a mid '80s like uh, cop drama, right? <laughs> you got a spinoff forming here. Uh, yeah, 1787s on this side. We've got Alex and uh, and Danielle as well. Do you you guys know each other? Anybody we've know? never really met no, or anything like that. But they, Lauren... they won't come to Porkfest. Yeah, we don't but come I'm to Porkfest. I'm going to go next year. Hey, look, we're all supportive hey, of Lauren. I going definitely now. said in studio. I think on the last show or the one before, I'll totally. Going... Go to you know, Porkfest. I've actually and I've actually look without. I mean, I've actually called into Free Talk Live a couple times when they've had a couple of subjects and stuff, but not just as a regular caller. Like I didn't, you know, just Alex, you know, from Florida. So, yeah, yeah, we'd love to have you all come up here to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. But as I understand it, you you know, just from the brief conversation we had during the break, people actually pay to listen to your show. So you guys are like really good uh, (laughs) at this radio thing. Well, what we try to do is, you know, what the, the network was already existing, and a lot of people that work in radio, including Baba and, and some other investors, decided to start to realize that, you know, maybe if you could control content, you could control anything, and they started to look for their own venue, and they purchased RadioIO.com. It's a publicly owned company. It's a penny stock. Uh, there are several thousand subscribers. The streams are free, but the downloads cost money. So basically, if you listen to the show, you can stream it live and- Okay. free, but if you want to go back and listen, you would have, and that includes Bubba's library, all the comedy bits from the morning show, uh, everything that includes the Shannon Burke show. He's on an afternoon. Shannon's been doing talk radio for about 25 yeah, years. Yeah, he used to be on uh, Real Radio down there in Orlando yes, before exactly. uh, something yeah. awful happened. Now, uh, that's good to know that you guys can get tuned into uh, live over there, and it sounds like you have a, I mean, just from, again, I only known you for three minutes here but it sounds like you guys have uh, good reports sounds like you're having fun now you wanted to talk about a demo uh, right yes. who's uh, currently facing 21 years uh, for wiretapping charges up here in new hampshire and and of course pete air is here from copblock.org so if you had some questions for pete shoot that was really it. We had had a demo on our show rick uh well you said about april i think when we yeah, heard, we was, had heard Mid, mid to late April, I believe, is when we had him. And on. we had learned about Coplock at that time, and I believe he was. Uh, it was a smaller charge. It might have been something at a police stop or something. It was something. It wasn't large. And no. then, and then we had heard about the school. The you know the security guard, the video, the so-called wiretapping charges, and we just wanted. We figured, well, what's a better way to get an update than the, than to check the, with the people that love him and, and know about him? So. Uh, you know, uh, Ian, go go ahead and give us the update on the uh, you know. I'll let Pete do it. I mean, I, I love a demo as much as anybody yeah. else, but Pete's our special guest here yeah. tonight. There's so. a lot of folks who love and uh, support a demo out there, but I'd say the uh, one place you go for uh, up to date information is copblock.org/slash/free-a-demo. But uh, essentially, what he's looking at is 21 years for uh, for recording and sharing the conversations he had with three public officials: of one who works at Manchester Police Department, and two who work at Manchester's West High School. And uh, he was following up, as y'all know, on the uh, October 3rd incident that happened last year uh, at West High School when Darren Murphy slammed a 17-year-old student uh, on the table uh, for uttering an expletive. And uh, I, to me, I think that's a definite overreaction, and Adamo did as well. He followed up on it, as any good journalist would. And for that, he found out a, a month after his uh, after the video uh, of him, him following up went, was published, he found out from the uh, front page of the union leader that he was indicted by a grand jury for three felony counts of wiretapping. So in total, that's 21 years he faces 
And uh, to go back to some of the uh, points y'all had raised, I guess the conversation you and Adamo had in April, it's all sort of uh, linked together to another police accountability story. In early 2010, four off-duty match cops beat up a guy named Chris Meklovich, and right away the city attorney there said, we're not going to charge these officers uh, these individuals, I don't like using these; they're claimed yeah. uh, titles. But uh, and a year over a year after that, the state attorney general said, you know, it wasn't their best day, but we're not going to charge them. So a couple weeks later, me and a demo and a uh, few to other dozen folks went outside of Manchester PD and were holding signs, having conversations about their unaccountability, pointing out double standards. A demo and a number of other people were using children's chalk to write on the uh, sidewalk in the police department. He was. A uh, number of people, eight of us were arrested that day. Cameras and phones were taken from nine people. All the information on this is at coplock.org slash chalk. And, uh, but anyway, when Adamo was arrested, he was the first arrested. He went limp. He didn't want to assist with his arrest. He was passive, but they charged him with two counts of resisting, found him guilty on that, and uh, they sentenced him to 12 months, uh, the max for a Class A. And with, with 10 months of that stayed, he, uh, that was in early January of this year, he appealed it. Uh, so he get a jury trial and appeal to common sense of his of his uh, peers and uh, either a bureaucratic error or purposefully done that he never received the uh, date they, and time. They sent that the uh, the notice of his so called jury trial to the wrong address, an address that didn't exist anywhere in reality. They completely fabricated yeah. it and uh, sent this to him. And inside this misaddressed envelope was a notice that actually had the correct address on it. And even though he had all of the evidence to prove that th- it was their screw up. The judges in the in that case refused to hear it. They refused to uh, to you know give him a continuance and actually schedule the trial to to the point where he could actually attend it. They and had they case jail. law. They had case law that says that they don't have to inform you in a free country where you have the right for trial by jury. They don't have to inform you of the trial. Right. Yep. So that's it why it sounds he's like a demo. You know, did he not recently just pass on a plea deal? Well, he, right. yeah, he was offered a number of plea deals. So July eleventh, yeah, July eleventh, the judge, as Ian was saying, said, "Well, I'm just doing my job. You're going to be caged for this." Uh, so he's sitting currently. He should be out August seventeenth with his good time for this uh, resisting charge. But while he's in there, um, earlier this week on Monday, he had his uh, jury selection for his three counts of wiretapping, and then next Monday he has jury trial, and he's going pro se. And uh, you know, he's he's standing on his principle, and he's just speaking speaking out. It's it's. Um, you know, yeah, and er- no. earlier uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, taking plea deals, and I had mentioned the Greenfield case where they kept offering you guys plea deals and you kept refusing them, and you ended up getting the charges dismissed. Didn't he get a $10,000? Uh, didn't someone get $10,000? That, that was uh, Nate Cox, who's the founder of Virginia okay. Cop Blocks. He got a uh, $10,000 settlement. All of that went to a lawyer, unfortunately, but he is he and uh, colleague Meg McLean are down there, launched uh, the Liberty Empowerment Project this week. They're doing outreach to 10,000 people in inner-city Richmond. Uh, we had Antonio uh, Beeler last night from Peaceful Streets. Uh, are you guys familiar with their work down in uh, Texas? Yeah, they're excellent. Yeah, I was actually able to go to their uh, event uh, in Austin, their Peaceful Streets uh, Police Accountability Summit. They gave out 100 video cameras to those present. We went out with uh, 30 to 40 people cop-locking that night in Austin. It's a it's a great thing, and I, I love to see it's being replicated elsewhere. Well, you let them know that everybody, you know, because not only was he a guest and, and, you know, it's tough enough to speak up about what's wrong, but when you really, you know, literally put your own uh, butt on the line, I go, I know you guys aren't terrestrial, we're watching our language here. Um, <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you put your butt on the line and you literally are willing to 
uh, you know, walk the walk. Uh, you know, Gandhi used to say, be the change you want to see in the world, and sometimes it's not always easy to do. And we would just want to pass our support along, not only from, of course, uh, everybody here, uh, peacefulstreets.com. Com, by the way, is their website. You Guys, can check thanks for coming on Free Talk Live tonight. Really appreciate it. And, of course, we're going to have the latest on uh, Ademo's trial on Monday night. Uh, I'll be there, and I'll be recording it. We'll talk about more then. Again, the guys awesome. from RadioIO.com. Thanks, thanks for, for having coming us, on. man. Thanks for having The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. This is Free Talk Live, and uh, we are not afraid to do experimental radio here. A little radio crossover there with some guys from a show I'd never heard of before, but it sounded like they had a good time. Dangerous Conversations. Sounded like pros. On the uh, Bubba Radio Army Network, uh, Bubba the Love Sponge. Who Todd Clem. That's his, that's his real name, yep. right? Uh, so anyway, yeah. Bubba for Sheriff. Is he running again? No, I, I don't know what he was the last time. That's all I remember about him, really. Yeah. Uh, 855-450. He got in big trouble for slaughtering a pig on the air, I believe. That was his crew, was it? Or was that MJ? No, that was his that crew. Was Todd. Uh, anyway, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Call in, even if you're on another radio show. You're welcome to get it. We'll put you on the air. Uh, LegalZoom.com, by the way, can help you out with all kinds of legal documents. Yep, uh, LegalZoom.com, if, you're, you know, if you need some kind of common legal document, whether it's a, a patent or a will or a trademark or an LLC or a living trust, um, you know, whatever you need to protect yourself and your family. You probably can get it at LegalZoom.com, and it's going to be a lot less. I went over there and did a will. I don't know what a lawyer would charge me for a will, but I'm sure it'd be in the hundreds of dollars. They did it for, I think it was 60 bucks. Um, you can go use coupon code FTL, save $10 on your order. It's LegalZoom.com. It's fast and easy. Uh, Fortune Magazine calls LegalZoom.com blessedly simple. LegalZoom.com, coupon code FTL. All right, so uh, we've been all over the map here talking about various different things tonight. Of course, you're welcome to call in and bring up anything you want, 855-450-FREE. We didn't quite finish the discussion about the Atlanta Citizen Review Board, so to bring you up to speed, uh, there was a killing uh, by the police of a 92-year-old woman several years ago in Atlanta. It was a drug raid gone bad. Uh, Of course, all drug raids are bad, but this one was particularly bad because somebody's mom uh, was shot to death. Uh, probably someone's like grandmother. Great grandmother, and uh, she, uh, the, the cops had bad information from uh, informants. They also were crooked cops as well, and they planted drugs after the fact. After they slaughtered this woman in her own home, as she was simply trying to defend herself against what she believed to be a marauding gang, which of course is exactly what it was. And uh, as a result of the outrage from the citizenry that uh, was happening, and of course all the news media coverage as well, uh, the government guys in Atlanta created this Atlanta uh, Police Citizens Review Board, which the intention was that this was going to give people a place they could go to feel safe to complain about the police and uh, poor public service or whatever. And turns out it hasn't really worked out. 
Uh, they've been there's been conflicts on the board. There's been politics. There's a hundred thousand dollar position that's open right now and taking multiple uh, candidates, which is you know really creating politics on the board and uh, and internal uh, issues that are happening there. And you know, the idea it would seem to me that the people that would be on a citizens review board should be citizens who care about uh, the police. You know, care about uh, accountability. It's a hundred thousand dollars for the position, though, isn't it? That's what I'm saying. I think that people should. Be, if you're going to have a citizens review board, it should be a volunteer board. Of people that sit on the, you know, like I was on the local uh, Cheshire TV board. I didn't expect to get paid for that. I considered that volunteering for, you know, community organization. <laughs> they weren't going to pay me. And so similarly, if I was going to be on some sort of a board that was supposed to hold the police accountable, I wouldn't want to get paid for that. That would seem like a conflict of interest at some level that, you know, you're getting money from the same government that is supposed to be, you're supposed to be holding accountable. Right. Seems like a problem right out the gate. Anyway, there has been uh, several issues with it. Uh, of course, the department doesn't want to cooperate with it in any way, shape, or form, even though, on the other hand, the department claims that it supports accountability for its own organization. However, various neighborhood safety groups, according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, say that the, uh, the APD, the police department there, cannot police itself and that it's evidenced in just a few cases that came after officers shot and killed the 92-year-old Katherine Johnston. Even as top police officials insisted that officers acted appropriately in the cases that uh, we'll tell you about in a moment, the Citizens Review Board was saying otherwise, and the city's lawyers were settling lawsuits to the tune of $2.6 million in just the past year. Here's a few of the cases. More than 60 employees and patrons of the Atlanta Eagle Bar in Midtown were forced to lie on the floor for an hour while APD officers looked for evidence that there had been public sex acts in the club. Eight were arrested, but all those charges were dropped. Initially, top APD commanders insisted the operation was by the book. The resulting lawsuits cost taxpayers more than $1.5 million. After the first lawsuit was settled, six officers were fired for lying. A series of lawsuits were filed, as a different case, and settled because officers conducted strip searches in public or conducted roadside cavity searches. Some of those officers were fired. A 61-year-old woman was arrested when she questioned an officer's order that she and another person move from the sidewalk where she was having a conversation. That cost taxpayers $20,000. According to University of Omaha professor Sam Walker, who's written several books on police oversight, he says these things are allowed to happen because officers know they can get away with it. It's an indictment of internal affairs. So pointing this out as evidence that some sort of oversight is needed uh, because these officers just continue to abuse uh, the power that they have, which is, of course, what humans do when they're given power is abuse it and abuse people with it. And uh, that this particular Citizens Review Board is just, you know, stuck in the mud. It's it's just reactionary. That's all it is. And, uh, you know, it's it's never it's not going to mitigate the bad things that happen. It's just reactionary and it tries to be abandoned after the fact and it's not right. going to be effective. And so. Instead of just hacking at the branches, as Thoreau would say, strike the root and just get rid of this institution, this bad idea that says some people have the right to do things that other people don't. You know, the question yeah, is, how do we get rid of it? I mean, we can change people's. Uh, we have to change people's minds yep. about uh, the idea of government police, and it's one of the hardest things to do because you know you talk about uh, market-based police protection or market-based protection services, and people get freaked out, and it's right. a very and policing tricky issue. is a relatively new thing. I mean, the the first police force came out in the eighteen fifties. 
I mean, you're not talking, this is 150 years ago, 162 years ago? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of misinformation out there, some unlearning that has to be done, but, but generally I think these ideas about consensual interactions are so powerful and resonate with people that they can, be, they can find purchase quickly and have significant impact on individuals. Your thoughts are welcome. 855-450-FREE. How can we get from where we are today to what we're talking about? I mean, Pete, you po- you pointed out how competition would bring a whole lot of accountability to the world of uh, policing or protection services. The ability to pull one's funds as well would also bring a huge level of accountability to these services. But most people are scared de- to death of pulling their funds from the government because they know those same men with guns are going to come to their house and throw their family into the streets. So there's a real like there's a big hurdle to get through to get to really to step one on this. Most people um, stop using this claim service. And I mean, most people, you're right. A lot of people are scared by this idea, but I would attribute it to a lot of misinformation and they may cite uh, historical examples of uh, these bad collusions when these so-called private organizations, some people even bring up like terms like Blackwater and things like this, but that's not what I'm talking about. This, those are examples of state of of the bad idea, you know, in another form of 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 the idea that someone else has rights that you don't have. I mean, what I would, I guess, encourage people to think about is how do you live your daily life and you interact peacefully and for 99 percent of the day, I would say in most in most cases. So you know, and and Instead of looking to somebody else to say, hey, is this right or wrong or can I do this or can I do that? Look to yourself and act as you best as you think you should. And, you know, that's how we instead of looking to these claimed authorities, that's how we'll get there. And if you see someone acting in the wrong, hold them accountable, work with others to hold them accountable. And, you know, if if you overreact, people are going to hold you accountable. So it's just I mean, there's still going to be bad people out there, but the damage they do is going to be much less significant in scope because they don't have this ready made vehicle of monopoly of force and people's money and arms at their beck and call i agree with if we can have more people pay attention number one to what the police do number Mm -hmm. two hold them accountable and demand that accountability then that would lead that has to lead to something rather than people just trying not to pay attention to the police misconduct brushing it away and saying oh it's just a few bad apples or you know being so uncomfortable by what they're doing that they just want to pay attention to something else to pay close attention to the existing monopoly on violence to publicize as much of their uh their outrages as possible to help wake people up to the fact that this you know this is not a police department wherever it is you live it is not a police department filled with officer friendly there are people that are hurting peaceful people and they need to be called out for that every single time that it happens people need to be encouraged to not take the plea deal mm-hmm. uh and you know and of course people like Adamo who aren't taking them and publicizing those who don't take the plea deal and showing what happens to them and encouraging others to do that i was at the the county fair recently doing outreach every single day for eight hours a day and one of the things that i would ask folks uh you know or i would show them the don't take a plea deal flyer i'd also talk about jury nullification and everybody i talked to was really in favor of both of those ideas of uh you know finding people not guilty in court with jury nullification if they haven't harmed another human being, throwing out bad laws and uh, and clogging up the court system, I would you know share with folks, hey, what if ten percent of people who got parking tickets took those tickets to trial rather than just paying them and making them go away? And you could see the you could see the gears turning in people's heads, like yeah, that's a pretty good idea. I mean, who wants to pay parking tickets? So what good do they do? We can make a difference, but we have <laughs> no to do other it organization in the world can handle parking so poorly that they have to hand out tickets to their customers. 
We, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no exactly. other organization can yep. mess up parking so badly. We can make a difference, but we have to do it together. And that's why I think the Free State Project is the best choice. Freestateproject.org to learn more. Copblock.org to check out what's going on with Pete and the rest of the cop blockers around the country. You definitely want to get involved in that. We'll see you tomorrow night. Freetalklive.com. Hey, podcast listeners. Um, you know, every once in a while, I'll pop in and, and mention to you that we've got a new advertiser that's uh, of note. Roger Schlesinger, the Mortgage Minute guy, um, he's got an ad in here. It's not the greatest sounding ad in the world, but um, I'll tell you, the guy has spent a great deal of money on the radio in the past, and he's trying out Free Talk Live for, I think it's two weeks or one week or something like that. Um, it's a short period of time. And, I, you know, if you have a more, if you're looking to get a refinance a mortgage, he's got some really great rates. I wish you'd just check it out. I'm not saying buy a mortgage from the guy. That's a pretty big decision. But if you'll check him out and see what uh, see what the deal is, that'd be a, you know response would be important. So anyway, thanks. Hi, I'm Roger Schlesinger, the Mortgage Minute guy. I'm mortgage lender throughout all 50 states in this great country of ours. The majority of people in the United States love the 30-year fix, and we're the only country that actually has a 30-year fix. And you pay a very big price to get a low monthly payment. If you were to refinance into a $350,000 30-year fix in the low threes, it would take you seven years to pay it down from 350000 to 300000 If instead you refinance into a 15-year fix in the high twos, it would only take you two and a half years to pay it down. And in seven years, you would pay all the way down from 350000 to 200000 You can't afford this kind of treatment. You must get into a better loan, and we'll show you how. Call us at 866-288-0088, 866-288-0088, or go to MortgageMinuteGuy.com. Until next time, I'm Roger Schlesinger, the Mortgage Minute Guy.